Blog Talk Radio. in the game as the bat and came down the middle caught touchdown Jordan that man again strikes in Miami quickly jumps on top of the Seminole Harris dive touchdown Miami two possessions and two scores for the Canes this one very easy for Miami Harris has got it and he will score untouched and the Canes are rolling Touchdowns in their first three possessions. I don't even care who they're playing. It's the execution, the consistency, the energy. This is a team right now. King rolls out, looks downfield, caught. Touchdown, D. Wiggins. And Miami is pouring it on. He's got it. And the freshman muscles his way and breaks the plane. Touchdown Miami again.
Tell me I was never good enough. Remind me of the demons that I've been running from. Tell me who the hell that you thought I was. Or just blame it on what I've become. Don't those words pretty much sum up, once again, the 2020 Miami Hurricanes who have systematically been exercising their demons so far this season? Who have become an entirely different beast that literally hit Florida State like a hurricane on Saturday night? Before the Seminoles could even catch their breath, the game was over. The Knolls suffocating under the pressure of Rhett Lashley's offense, which has been the talk of college football so far this season. At least until Mike Leach put up more than 600 yards on defending national champion LSU also on Saturday. Maybe that was a little bit of competition. But yeah, high-flying offense is a way of life right now in college football. And Miami will now take a massive step forward in degree of difficulty when it travels to Clemson in 11 days to play the number one team in America, a program which has owned appearances in the college football playoff in recent history. The Hurricanes won't have much to lose in that game. Nobody's going to expect them to win. But Lashley's offense gives them a fighting chance to be competitive, and that will be a marked difference from the last few times that they've tangled with the Tigers. We're going to talk about all of that and more tonight as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live, presented once again tonight by JFQ Lending, your full-service mortgage provider licensed in more than 40 states. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we welcome you once again to Canesport Live. As always, it's your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. This Monday night edition, the call-in numbers, 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. Over 100 open phone lines. As always, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. It puts you in the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. Um, we once again ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. A lot of really good ones were submitted, and we will address them as we go forward during the course of the show. So I'm constantly being asked these days, what is different about the Miami program this year? What's happened in Coral Gables? You know, how did they take on this entirely new persona and look? And my answer is everything's different. It was a broken down program in December. No doubt about it. Dan Enos wasn't working out as offensive coordinator. First, Blake James had to agree to let Manny Diaz fire him. It came at a huge financial expense to the athletic department. And at the time, Rhett Lashley was sitting out there at SMU making the decision that for the best of his career, he needed to get back on a bigger stage And he was surveying the landscape, and he chose to come to Miami, which obviously has meant the world to Manny Diaz and has transformed the entire program. I mean, literally has transformed it. Together, they convinced De'Ara King to transfer from Houston to Miami, which as you watch these games, you come to realize has really been a huge part of it. 
Take the third downs alone in the game the other night against Florida State. De'Ara King always makes the right play. His consistency is unreal. He was 8 for 10 on third downs against FSU. And the two times he failed, Miami converted on fourth down. Remember, this is a team that converted just 26.16% of third downs in 2019, which was second worst in the entire country. This year so far, they're converting a 52.1%, which once the stats become complete and everybody's played enough games, will most likely be in the top five in the country. I mean, what a turnaround. And it's not just happening on the field with King. He has filled what was an enormous leadership void in the locker room. Diaz and Lashley also upgraded the receiver and offensive line coaching with Rob Likens and Garen Justice. An offensive line that gave up 51 sacks a year ago has not given up one sack. And the season's a quarter over. Not one sack this year. Together they went out. They got Jared Williams to transfer from Houston to play right tackle. And that solidified the offensive line. It gave them the one extra guy they needed, a, a, a guy that had played a lot of college football, a guy that they can put out there and count on, play after play after play. Jared Williams has been beyond what anybody could have expected. So the stars have just aligned. Everything has been a movie script so far this season. But no Lashley, then no King, then no Williams, and probably no Justice and Likens. So you're getting an idea of how the chips have stacked up here. The Jose Borregalis transfer from FIU has been huge. Borregalis is six for six on field goals this year. I mean, we could go on and on and on about the way that Manny Diaz and his staff owned the offseason and made this program better, made it relevant to the point where now against Clemson, you're going to have three straight games as the primetime showcase on ABC on a Saturday night. It's absolutely amazing. So people ask, what is different? Yeah, everything is different. Everything. You don't have to worry about quarterbacks sneaking out the back door of the hotel the night before a game anymore. These Hurricanes, they're focused. They're accountable to each other. They're staying away from coronavirus. The bad apples and distractions that were bringing them down have been weeded out of the locker room. It all will take them to Clemson in 11 days place where they obviously will be an underdog. Miami doesn't have the roster of Clemson. Nobody's going to make that argument. But at least they will go into the game with hope. They will go into the game with a fighting chance to compete. And they will find out then where they are and where they still have to go from here. But no matter what happens, and I'll say this again next week, you can't overreact in either direction because if things don't go well and Clemson is just a much better team right now, which they might be, I I think Manny Diaz and these coaches and these players have earned the right, the way they've transformed themselves to not see the support that they are receiving right now from all corners and justifiably so to diminish. But we'll talk about that more next week or, you know, maybe tonight a little bit as we preview more of the game next week. But right now, um, I asked Manny Diaz today about 
where his mind is with that Clemson game and, you know, now in the open week. And uh, before we go to your calls, I wanted to play for you what he said. Manny, you had the opportunity in 2017 to see up close exactly what going to play Clemson means with their program being where it is right now. Do you, You've accomplished so much in these last nine months. Do you feel better equipped? Do you, you feel that you're going up there from, from a position of strength? And, and, you know, just just what's the mental approach to this game? Well, we're still – I mean, we're still a ways out in terms of even getting them scouted and, and, and seeing who they really are. Um, obviously, that night in Charlotte was, wasn't one of our best nights. It, it, it felt like they were just playing a game and we were playing the occasion. Um, just, you could just tell by the way we were reacting in the first, you know, seven to eight minutes of the game. And, and so I think that's part of it. That's look, they, they have earned the right to be where they are right now. And they earned it by getting themselves into some of these type of games and losing them and learning from it and, and, and passing that knowledge down from class to class. So there's, there's something to be said about that, but, um, you know, we can talk more about them, you know, next week as we really get into studying them. But, um, but I think that's ultimately what you're, in our league, we know that we're all measuring ourselves by, by how we stack up against the, those guys. So the in-depth preparations are just kicking in for the Clemson game, but you kind of get an idea listening to Manny there, uh, just where the, the mental state is as they prepare for what obviously is, is going to be a huge game. So let's see what you guys think about the FSU game, about Clemson coming up. The numbers 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're going to start out now in the 845 tonight. The old man number one is back. Greg, welcome back to Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. You must have felt good about the FSU game. I, I, I felt great. Okay, let's start. I don't want to be on here for a half hour like Raw, so I'm going to make it quick. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, my biggest worry about Clemson is it's coming off a bye. You remember how horrendous it's playing off a bye. Sounds like your dog's worried, too. Yeah. Uh, so that's my major worry. Is that hopefully that changes like everything else you said has changed. So, all right, let's start with, in the past you said we only had one elite player, Brevin Jordan. If you want to mm-hmm. go by college elite players, King is elite. Phillips is elite, Rocher's elite, Bolden's elite, Borregalis is elite. Tim Tebow wasn't a great pro, but he was an elite of the elite college football players. These guys are good, real good players, okay? I think you underestimated our talent. No, because I'll tell you why. You don't, under, you don't underestimate until you've actually seen something. Now, now that we have some, you know, we've got a three-game body of work um, to take a look at. And tomorrow on the website, we are actually we actually have a story where we are ranking the players on the roster. And so we went through that exercise today, and uh, I gave it a lot of thought. Now, De'Ara King 
Yeah, I would agree with you. He is playing elite football. There's no doubt about it. I mean, making every big play, his consistency, his accountability, the way the leadership he's showing, he's not going to be a first round draft pick. His physical size will prevent him from being that. But is he an elite college football player right now, the way he's playing? Totally agree with you. Okay, we put him at number one. Okay, Brevin Jordan. If he can the, the thing with Brevin Jordan that I want to see is I want to see him sustain this for the whole season. Um, he's do, he's done great so far. The degree of difficulty has not been enormous. He's you know running free. Nobody's covering him half the time. It has been a phenomenal phenomenal performance. And, you know no question about it. We made him number two. Um, I think that it, from the people I talk to. Uh, the NFL is taking very good note of him. I, I think he's clearly established himself right now as, a, as about a second-round draft pick. Um, potentially elite, yes. But with him, I personally want to see him sustain it over the course of the season. Jalen Phillips, who we made number three. Um, yeah, um, you know, I probably won't say elite yet. I mean, I want to see it against Clemson. You know, I want to see him getting getting to the quarterback. Um, he's you know he's he's got um, two and a half tackles for loss, um, three quarterback hurries. Now those stats don't do justice to how disruptive he's been. I would totally agree on that, or totally make that statement. But I want to see more out of Jalen Phillips before I start throwing around that e e tag. You know, I don't, I don't, I personally don't use that lightly i look at that as like if you make every recruit a five star then it diminishes the meaning of a five star um and i feel the same way about using elite because elite is elite and uh so i want to see more bubba bolden who we made number four could have been number three say you know he's right there man i mean that kid the, the that one play that he made uh, that resulted in the Alblaze interception the other night, that was an elite football play, okay? That was as good as it gets. I mean, he broke on the ball. He showed an incredible explosion, got his arm in there to bat it in the air, and, and we got the interception out of it. Um, he, he covers a lot of ground. He, he got in the position for, 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 for the other interception. Um, he's just been phenomenal. His tackling is definitely elite. Uh, you know, he's a great tackler. That kid's going to be an NFL football player. Uh, I'm on the cusp of, of calling him elite. But again, like Jalen Phillips, we got to see more. We got to see it show up against better competition than what we've played so far. I mean, I'm not certainly the last. I'm, the last thing I would ever want to do is diminish those three victories. And the way that they evolved was so far and away from what we saw at the end of last year that I think everybody in the world's thankful or whatever. But th those were not great teams. You know, Florida State is, is, and, and, and Louisville probably have two of the worst, you know, teams. They're going to end up being two of the worst teams in, in the ACC, especially in that Louisville if they don't get their quarterback back. They're, they're, they're done, too. So, you know, it's not what we expected going into the season. We thought they'd be better. But, you know, Pitt, Pitt I think, is going to be a little bit better than those two teams. Uh, Clemson, obviously, certainly is. Uh, you know, you want to see those guys show up and, and be big time, big time players in those big games. Cam Harris is another guy that's taken a massive step forward this year. Um, 
again, we got to see it against better competition. If we do, you know, he's getting pretty close to where you might want to use that, that label. And Bora Gallus, without question, is showing that he's potentially an elite kicker. No doubt about it. Um, you know, Roche, I'm not ready to use the E word yet. So, I mean, I agree with you. We're, it, it's moving in the right direction in that regard. Um, but I think we just got to see a little bit more with a few of these guys uh, uh, as if, the, you know, it gets a little higher grade of competition. Okay, next topic. We've given up 16 points in the first half of these games. The only touchdown we've given up was after Pulp fumbled in the first game. Our defense is playing really well. The only problem I have is they lose gap integrity on long yardage situations. Like we get them third and 20, and we're giving up 20-yard runs. I don't. Everybody's going for the sack. It's some somebody's got to stay home. I, that's the only complaint I have about the defense. Well, right, I mean, I I think that going into the season, if you looked at it objectively, you would say the defense had a lot to prove. I mean, you know, the, def, the defensive tackles, the linebackers, the cornerbacks, you know, they all had something to prove, and. You know, they did give up 500 yards against Louisville. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the, the game went well from the standpoint of winning and the way the offense, you know, played and, and all that and got out ahead. And, and you know, we got out of there with a, with a quality victory. But uh, same thing I've been saying. I, I still think they, they, they have things to prove. They, you know, they're going to go against the better team in this next game. And even Pitt is not – you know they're 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 competent on offense, probably more so. Gary, than, they only scored twenty three on Louisville at home. I I understand, but but you know, but they're competent is what I'm saying. They have a quarterback that completed pass. You know, they have a decent offensive line. They're not explosive. They're not going to put a million points on the board, but they're competent. And you know, I'm just saying it, it, it's like you know, listen, there aren't going to be many teams this year that are going to be able to stay stay with Miami. I mean. They're, they're just not, there's just not a lot of quality in the ACC. This this season is gonna is gonna be you know a walk in the park. I, I mean, once you you know, I don't know that they're gonna lose more than more than one game, Greg. I really don't. I I, I think that the, the way this team is playing and with the level of competition that I've seen in the ACC so far, I don't see them going any less than ten and one. I really don't. So it's it's better. You know, when we talked before the season about it, I was saying nine wins, eight wins. I think was was reality. That's where the line was. There's no, they're better than that, and and that's a credit to the coaches and it's a credit to the players. The way that they've cut, they've come out and, and bought into everything that they're being told. All right. Uh, now we have to. Manny has to get the Cuban mafia together and get some money up to keep Lashley in justice, because. This justice is doing – I don't recognize these offensive linemen. Zion Nelson played like a flawless game the other night. And uh, Clark is – they're all improved. I mean, that has to be coaching. It, it, yep. It's got to be a coach. I would agree. I, I would give David Feely a big assist. I mean, yeah, they, they physically look different. Good. You know they all—they're right. all physically built differently. Um, I think Justice is a huge upgrade over Butch Barry as a coach. You know, and I'm not sure that they've been massively tested yet. Well, okay. So you—you you, you put right. all three things together, and you know, FSU was not very good. 
And Louisville was horrendous. And, and Louisville was horrendous, Greg. The best, the best defense they played seriously was UAB. But so, they got some decent They were terrible. Come on, they were terrible. They were terrible. We we were going through them like Swiss cheese. Come on. There was no resistance at all. We could have scored 80, Greg. Greg, we could have scored 80. We could have scored 80 in that game. Okay, let's – all right, one more point and I'll get off. Recruiting. Are we seriously considering Terrence Lewis? He went from Northwestern to Chaminade to back to Northwestern. Now he's at Central. You sniff a problem there with this kid? There's definitely some issues. There's definitely issues. I I don't know if they're going to take him. I don't know if they're going to take him. I I think they're talking. They're staying in touch. You know, they're keeping the options on the table. Um, If they want to take, if they want to take him, he'll commit on the spot. Um, But I don't know what decisions Manny's going to make on that. I mean, you know, you've got, I'm kind of in your camp. You know, it's like you've got things, you finally got things going well in the locker room. You, You know, you got, you got rid of all the guys that were, that were, you know, bringing things down a little bit and, and bad attitudes and stuff like that. You've got a really good locker room right now. Do you want to take a chance with that chemistry? Um, they need linebackers. You know, they need players. Terrence Lewis has the potential to be a very good player. Uh, so it's not the easiest decision in the world. Um, but I'm kind of leaning towards siding with you on that, but I don't know what, what he's going to do. All right, and aren't we lucky we passed on this hot garbage like Dante Lucas and Darius Washington? And, yeah, I hated, uh, I hated Dante Lucas. I, I didn't like Dante Lucas at all. I, I didn't, you know, I was hoping they wouldn't take him. All right, but I'll let you go with this. According to your pro football focus rankings, Bradley Jennings should never sniff the field again. Thirty-eight point three, the lowest score on the whole team. Have yep. a good week. I'll talk to you next week. All right, Greg. Yeah, uh, Bradley's not been playing very well, and I don't. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, what's going to happen there? I mean, there's just not. You know, I, I don't know that there's going to be. Once you get past the Clemson game. There's just not a lot of quality there. It's like it almost like to me, it's like nothing to stress over. But like, yeah, once you get later in the year and you're going to want to play more meaningful games and, you know, whether it's a really good bowl game and or an ACC championship game or something, they're going to have to be getting better linebacker play. So uh, where that's going to come from, I think, remains to be determined. But he has not been playing very well. No argument from there. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 770. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, hey, what's up? This is Steven in Atlanta. Hey, what's up, Steve? How you been, man? I ain't, nothing. I ain't called in a while, but I've been watching. My eyes have been wide open. First of all, I think this season has been – I applaud Manny for getting rid of um, Enos and making that change. Um, I think the a lot of us around who've been calling in and been on the board has been crying that has been coaching all the while, and we see it on the offensive side of the ball. Pretty much everything's the same except two players on the offense, and look at and look at the change. 
It's all I've been saying. It's been all coaching on both sides of the ball. I've been you got to you got to give Derek King a big role in this, Steve. I mean, well, hey, yeah, look, the look, look, the coaching look, look, look. is massively Gary, better on the on, offensive Gary, side. On, Gary, let, Gary, 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 let me have my let me have my five minutes of fame here. We oh, I was going to let you have your five minutes let, no matter I'm what. I just go. I'm just saying I'm before before you go on with I'm your five you minutes, I'm just throwing I'm just throwing in there, Steve. Steve, let me just throw Gary, one little thing in. Dude, I'm going to let you have the floor. Just let me throw one little little qualifier in. You got to give De'Aaron King a lot of credit. I agree with you on the coaching. Go. Okay, let's let's start with De'Aaron King. De'Aaron King came in from where? He'd been in that type of offense. He had played under good coaches. So, rightfully so, he should do well because his confidence is up. The rest of our team was looking like a bunch of bums from the quarterback to the tailbacks to the offensive line to the all-star tight ends who we had brought in. Because I heard you talking about you want to see consistency out of um, number nine. You will see it because you got a consistent offensive coordinator who knows what he's doing. You want to talk about elite? Let's talk about elite coaches. Who's elite on our staff? The new offensive people who you brought in on that side of the ball. Let's talk about that. Who's elite on the defensive staff? Let's talk about what elite coach do we have on that side of the ball? Nobody. All of them are beginners. None of them had any history in their shows. So, you know, let's, 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 if we want to keep it real and talk about why the program is like it is, it starts at the top. We have never, look, you want to talk, look at, look at, look at Mike Leach in his offense. That's what we got. I hope Manny them, like that dude say he get with his, get with the cartel and they go ahead and do like Clemson did to keep, what, what their defensive coordinator name? Brad Venables. Yep. Yeah, they, they paid, they, that's why Clemson is so consistent. They pay to keep all their elite coaches intact. They don't let no don't nobody want to leave, and they all stay together and they all keep going. Back to let's get to the Clemson game. I don't like when you say that we're gonna go in there and try to compete. No, we're going in there to win the freaking game. Mark Rick is gone. With that game with Mark Rick, in the I went to that game. They they had don't even seem like Mark Rick even prepared to even try to compete in that game. He had it made up in his mind that we was gonna lose, and and therefore he disappointed all of those all of those fans who traveled up there in the cold and, and waited out there and, and and stood in that weather. We got we got an offensive coordinator who knows what he's doing. They got two weeks. They got film from two butt whoopers to look at Clemson. Clemson ain't changed. Their coaches ain't changed. You got film already of what they done did to you twice. You got film of two games. You got bulletin board material of of, of Dabo uh, marking the turnover chain after they whooped us the last time in Miami. You got a whole bunch of stuff you can motivate these kids and go in there and do what Syracuse did once and almost did twice. And Syracuse don't have as nearly as much talent as we got, Gary. So come off that going in there to compete. We going in there to play to win a ball game. I, 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 you know, we got enough talent. You see it. There's enough talent on both sides of the ball. Will they be ready to win? Will they play hard enough to win? We don't know that. But we have the talent. Do we have the coaches to get them ready? I think on the offensive side of the ball, yes. On the defensive side of the ball, I don't know, not so much. You know, I think we can use some elite coaches on that side of the ball. I would like to see you rank our coaches sometimes. I know you're good <laughs> at ranking our players. Can you do a ranking on those coaches? 
where they stand at every week with their respective positions, that would be nice. You think you think you can give me that, Gary? Later in the year. Yeah, later in the year. Uh, later in the year. I'm, try, I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to talk, Steve. You 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 ask for the floor. I'm giving you the floor. <laughs> hey, no, nah, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk a little bit. I'm out of breath. I'm working too. I don't know if you hit my truck. I, I got my own truck. I'm a truck driver. I'm a truck, yeah, I knew truck that. Driver, I remember that. So. I, I think we could talk more go about ahead. the coaches later in the season. You know, I think we got to. I, I got to see more. But I mean, you can't. Uh, you can't knock any too much of what you're seeing so far at any position. But Gary, though, if you gotta knock the players right now, who's who? What, where they get? I'm not. Who's knocking players? I haven't heard it's anybody like, knocking players. Who's it's, knocking it's players? Like, it's like knocking. No, but you're grading the players right now after two or three weeks. So why yeah. not grade the coaches on what their players are doing? That well, kind of goes hand wait. in hand. If, 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 yeah. So if you got to keep it fair, you know, we, we, if we're gonna be hard on the players, be hard on the coaches who coaching the players. You know, that's all I'm saying. Cause these players are, you know, I, I, I've been saying it all the while. I've been thinking we had enough players. We, you talk about the competition is down in the ACC. The competition has been down for years in the ACC. But I think it's a lot better this year. I think Virginia Tech is better. I think Boston College is better. You know, it's, we'll it's gonna be a tough road. You saw, We're not playing Boston College, but I agree. I agree, they're better. Did you see Virginia Tech play without 23 yeah. players? And, and yeah, they did pretty good. Yeah, they, yeah. NC State's not very good, but, yeah, they look pretty good. But how do Notre Dame have seven players out with COVID and their game get canceled? Virginia Tech, six, 23 players. I don't know why, if it's COVID or not. But they play their game. What's going on I, with that? Did you, did I think you know it just got, I think it got to the point where they had to play. <laughs> like, they, they, you know, they, they had to cancel <laughs> They couldn't. Get, they either were going to play or not play at some point, you know. But anyway, I don't have anything. Oh yeah, let me talk about one more thing. I heard you mention, and I'm gonna let somebody else go. I'm not that. I don't like the hall too much time, but I had fun. Good hearing from you. But back to that that linebacker you was just talking about. Why are you guys so hard on kids who make a mistake? You know, this team. You know, they, that's what it's for. Look, Manny came from Florida State. Manny didn't deserve that job, but he got it. You know, give the kid a chance to redo, redeem himself. You know, who and, and can't you always? I think he's getting the chance. No, I'm just I think saying he's... you. You was like I. You was like I'm not sold. I'm not. I'm in your boat. No, he hasn't That's played. He he's say. played very 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 average to poor the first three weeks. No, I think I'm talking he's... about the kid coming out of high school, Terrence. The, the linebacker recruit. Oh, Terrence. Well, that's a different issue. That's a character yeah, issue, yeah, and that's no, that. No, you know. I'm saying, yeah, 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 yeah. But look, he come to college. Who's to say he won't change? If he don't change, can't you can't you always kick him off your team? You ain't gotta you know, let him. Pull Randy, you Randy him. Shannon, Randy Shannon used to tell me, Steve, and I, you know, I think he really, really know when it comes to this category. Randy really, really knows his stuff, and he used to tell me that you can have one kid, like. You can have one kid that needs to be reformed, that needs to be worked with, and you can devote all your attention to you know keeping a, that kid out of trouble and keeping him from being cancer on a team. But if you ever get more than one, it can bring down an entire locker room. And um, you know these are the decisions head coaches have to make. You know, is is a kid a good enough player to take the chance on the other side of things that you know that you might you know. 
hurt your locker but room a little that's bit. What I'm and saying, the Texans Gary, are going to have to decide that. That's what I'm saying, Gary. We shouldn't chime in. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Yeah, we're here. Time, man. I think I think Diaz Manny should make his decision, and whatever he do, we should support. And if the kid mess up, Manny should kick the kid off the team and don't let him poison the locker room. You ain't got to devote all of your time to him. You bring him in there like Bill Belichick do with New England. You bring him in there like any good coach do, and you tell him, hey, look, we're giving you a chance. You're going to take advantage of this opportunity if you mess it up. You're out of here. Point blank. Well, you know what, though? But you, here, and I don't know, Steve. Steve, I don't know what he's going to do, but remember one thing. He gave Jeff Thomas a chance and got burned. Um, he gave Jaron Williams a middle. Jeff a, Thomas a, two, chance, two chances. Yeah, right, and he got burned. He gave Jaron Williams several chances. He got burned. He gave Tate Martell yeah. several cha- several chances. He got burned. His his locker room fell apart last year. Okay, you know, well, I mean, it, 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 hold on, it, man. Hold on. the whole program can fell I, can apart. I, can I, can so I now, tell you why the program wait, fell wait, apart? Wait, let me, let me, but Steve, would you, would you, would you admit that the whole thing fell apart last year? And now he's got it right. Yeah. Okay, so he's got a. Well, that's look, a, look, that's look, not look, the look, easiest look, decision. Look, look. Well, I'm gonna say this, and I'm, I'm gonna let you go. The program fell apart because you had a bunch of bomb coaches, and you was losing, and you can't. You can't keep kids focused when you don't have you, – you're not winning, you, and you, you're, not, you're not playing. You're looking like the bad news bears, and it's easy to get distracted and do other things when, you, when you're the worst team in college football, losing the teams you shouldn't lose to. It's, it, they lost the team because they was incompetent coaches. It wasn't the kids. Watch how many kids get in trouble this year because they're focusing on winning ball games. When you when you suck, your attitude suck. You mentally just jacked up. But you got if you got a good program going, you you ain't got time to be playing around. You trying to focus on being great and win ball games. Like I say, it, it, the coaches that was the coach's fault. It ain't got nothing to do with Terrence. He wasn't there. If he come and he mess up, you know he could get burnt by anybody on the team right now. You know, you you can get burnt by a kid who ain't never been in trouble. He can go out and make a mistake. That don't mean your locker room's gonna be lost, Gary. You think? Yeah, no. I mean, you're right, but I, but it but it can go the other way too. All right, Steve. Hey, thank you so much for your call, man. I love your passion. Good hey. hearing from you again. Um, give us a call Appreciate next it. week. We'll we'll talk we'll talk a little more Clemson. Okay, game. we're gonna be. All right, Steve. You got it, man. All right. Give us a call next. Give us a call right, next bye. next week. Yeah. Bye bye. Man, one thing you gotta you gotta love the passion of that guy. I have always loved when he calls into the show. All right, five six three nine 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 three five five zero is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're gonna do a quick check in right right now with our expert from Pro Football Focus, the guy that brings us those grades that Steve was referring to on Bradley Jennings, where had to be one of the worst defensive grades you'll ever see on Pro Football Focus. That's uh, Mr. Brent Rollins. Uh, Brent, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Love, hey, love so we might as well just start start right there. Um, if a kid gets a 34.8 grade after a game from Pro Football Focus, what, what does that mean? A couple things. First thing is snap count. A lot of times when you see uh, – for example, someone being that low, you know, maybe they played five, six, seven snaps and it just didn't 
you know, they, they did something really bad, had a really bad penalty, something like that uh, within those little bit of snaps. However, he's obviously somebody who didn't necessarily play just a few snaps. So, you know, when you look at his great, you know, 39 snaps in that game, I think a lot of it, when you, when you boil down to what are you being asked to do and looking at it, like his breakdown within the individual components of the grade, there's one for like, like each one has like a run defense, a tackling component, a pass rush component. If, if that's there, if they have any pass rush snaps or a coverage component. And in Jennings case in coverage, he was, that was his worst, the worst part of his grade. He had a 36.5 in coverage. And he allowed three catches for 40 yards uh, in coverage. And, you know, when you do that, and you're, you're a linebacker who is now playing in coverage a lot. It's one of those things where now that's the most important part of your game. That's going to be the most important part of your grade. And I think that's really the biggest thing with him is just, there was issues within the coverage realm. But so so so, but thirty thirty four point eight is 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 pretty startlingly bad, right? <laughs> it's not good. No, it's not yeah. good. I mean, when you think now, I will I will say one thing that people forget, like, is a lot of times they don't realize that sixty is like sort of the bar none. Like for example, if you go into the game and you play three snaps and it's three kneel downs and you're the right tackle. You know, you're you're going to get a zero. You're not going to you're going to get a zero grade for every play that you're in. You're not you're not doing anything basically. If you do nothing, zero grade across the board, it's a sixty. So that's right. the baseline. So anything above sixty, you're doing kind of positive things. Now, when you get above seventy, you're an above you're an above average starter, starter level player, that kind of thing. You get you get into high seventies, into the mid eighties. Now you're a upper echelon player you get above 85 in our college grades you're you're an all-conference type player you're one of the better players there is right all right well we're three games in and you know some trends i think are starting to develop and i thought it would be good for us to talk to you about those for a couple minutes tonight and um let's start with the eric king Uh, i mean obviously you know he's been playing unbelievable his his grades have been great um you know, talk a little bit about what you've seen from De'Ara King from the pro football focus uh, standpoint. I know he had a, I think, 78.7 on Saturday night. And um, I, have, I haven't looked up what his average is for the whole year, but it's been pretty, pretty up there. What, what you know, how would you break down De'Ara King from that grading standpoint? Uh, first off, he's just so fun to watch. Like, you, if, you, if you have Monday Night Football on in the background while you're, while you're listening to this, you're, you're watching Tyreek Hill like run around and just make people look silly as a runner. Like De'Ara King is Tyreek Hill to me with an arm that plays quarterback. And he's just that fun to watch and that exciting in the player. And from a grade perspective, uh, he's in the top 10 nationally right now. I think his overall grade is 87.7. His passing grade uh, is 10th in the nation for those that have thrown, I think at least had 35, 40 dropbacks. And the biggest thing with him, obviously the running skills are beyond elite. I think we had in the piece this past weekend, his yards after contact, after contact, not just per carry, but after contact per carry, when you combine quarterbacks and running backs, is third best in the nation. So that is, we know that's elite. But him as a passer, he's already developing there and getting better each and every game. 
you can see incorporation of more RPOs. You can see the tempo and, and just the efficiency with which he works. And that's one of the things and one of the biggest things that we chart and we focus on when we look at quarterbacks and quarterback grading is big-time throws, which is our highest-graded throw. Hey, you're putting it 30 yards on a dime over over the defender's shoulder, right into the bucket of the receiver kind of thing. But also turnover-worthy plays where it's, hey, you missed the linebacker uh, into, in the curl flat zone and you literally threw it into his chest, but he dropped the end drop the interception and that's the area to me that king is just that excels and you maybe wouldn't necessarily think that they would you know he's not a six five guy who's standing back in the, in the pocket but he doesn't put the ball in harm's way he only has he has 115 dropbacks and he only has one turnover worthy play that's one of the fewest obviously obviously one of the fewest in the nation even if you look back at his 2018 season at houston he had 427 dropbacks and only had nine turnover-worthy plays. So when you do that as a quarterback, you have the ability that he has to run, and you combine that with efficient and non—you know—not putting the offense in harm's way. You can see what it's done for the Hurricane offense. Well, um, I'm assuming the NFL grading system is somewhat similar to what Pro Football Focus does every week. Uh, when the NFL takes a look at his body of work. And, and breaks it down the way you guys do at Pro Football Focus. Do you think they're going to look at him as a quarterback, or do you think he'll be looked at as a potential maybe slot receiver or something along those lines? I think that I think the debate with him will be much very similar to the debate with Lamar Jackson. You're going to have somebody who, to me, often is just like, hey, nah, the guy's not a quarterback. He, he's not, you know, the, the measurables are not there, that sort of thing. But if you find the right team and you find the right system and you look at what Lamar Jackson is doing to the NFL right now, I think De'Ara King can be very similar to that ill to where, but it, it does take that right team in that right situation. Because one of the things, and this, this is at the youth football level, middle school, high school, college, no matter what, you can't replicate quarterback snaps and the confidence, moxie, all the intangible parts about playing the quarterback position that this kid obviously has because he's come in and taken over the team already. You know, I, I, I agree with you. And, and I think that what's going to happen is he's going to have a good enough season here that somebody is going to be willing to invest, you know, maybe a fourth, fifth, sixth round draft pick in him because they're going to want to take a look at what he looks like on with their team and, and I just think see what be a little low with that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look what Jay, Jalen Hurts just went like what fiftieth, fifty third, something like uh-huh. that. And he's, and he's yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, maybe player. Jalen Hurts is a much bigger kid though. You know, I mean, this, this kid's small. I mean, this kid's like really like five eight. But I think somebody's going to want to take a look at him with their team. I agree. And it's going to and it's going to be willing to to gamble a draft pick to see what it looks like. Hundred percent. You know, so we'll, if, we'll see what happens there. That position, they're going to take him and they're going to use his ability elsewhere. Yeah, right. They'll see if he can help them somewhere else. All right. Now, another trend that, you know, I think is showing up this year is improvement of the offensive line in terms of pass protection. Miami gave up 51 sacks a year ago, not a single sack so far this season. Talk to me about what you've seen and what pro football focus has seen rather from the Miami offensive line, particularly as pass blockers 
and then also, you know, as, as run blockers. The the run blocking is still coming along, and it's not it's it's not their strength, and it's it's not been the strength of the team the past few years, and it's and it's still not there. But the improvement as as a unit within a, as a pass blocking unit is astronomical within the first three games. Now a lot of that has to do with system and tempo, use of things like RPO, play action. That helps an offensive line. But when you do that combined with just sheer improvement, and we try, we look at we have a specific unit of people that grade the offensive line, and that's all they do, and for each and every game, and it's multiple eyes within that. And you have like even this past weekend, Zion Nelson who mightily struggled as a true freshman goes in has 53 pass block snaps and doesn't give up a single pressure his pass block rate is now is the highest on the team and one of the better ones at the left tackle position in the ACC you have others who have just stepped up their game at least in pass protection that is now giving this team a chance to have consistent offense it's it's a credit to the coaching it's a credit to the offensive system and the individual players themselves just getting better all right, and then um, the other trend that I think that we that we both have seen is just the depth on defense and the number of guys that Miami can roll out there. It's it, when you think about sort of the really high level defenses uh, in in the country, and and one that obviously comes to mind because I I live in this area and I also cover cover the team, and that's Georgia. The thing with Georgia, as much as anything, is both within the secondary. And along the defensive front, they have just guys upon guys upon guys that come into the game and make impact and have the ability to do so. And that's the same thing I think that you're seeing within the Hurricane defense. I think it's now 21 guys who have averaged at least 10 snaps a game. And, in, in, you know, you've had, I think last week, they had 35 players get snaps on the defense. I mean, when you're able to play, and by the way, at this level, coaches aren't going to put guys in the game just to put guys in the game. I mean, they might a little bit when you know when it gets as lopsided as it did this past weekend. But for the most part, those guys are earning their time. And you got a lot of different guys that are earning that time. Already like 12 guys with over 100 snaps already in three games. All right, he's Brent Rollins, and every Sunday at canesport.com, you can see the pro football focus recap, the grades, the snap counts, and you know what that game looked like behind the scenes from the guys that you know put a lot of time into into they grade every single play, every player on every play gets graded, and and um, that forms each week's pro football focus grade, and then obviously they accumulate during the season. Uh, Brent, thank you so much for for what you do to contribute to our site. Thank you for joining us tonight. And we'll, uh, we'll do it again uh, a few weeks down the road when maybe, you know, there's, there's some deeper trends that we can uh, talk about. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me, Gary. All right, Brent, have a great night. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed that. Um, you know, the guys at Pro Football Focus, they, they, you know, they really, really, really dig into, dig deep inside the games and um they've been a part of canesport.com now i think this is the fourth fourth year and um we we love you know taking a look at what they have to say every sunday during the season all right 563-999-3550 563-999-3550 you hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show let's go out to the 786 you're live on canesport live
Gary, my friend, how are you? Hey, what's up, everything? How you doing this week? Uh, another another blessed Monday, man. Another blessed Monday. Uh, you know, Gary, in my 62-plus years being on this earth and, and watching college football for a good 51 of them, for sure, um, I can't recall a worse team that Florida State has ever put on the field. Um, yeah, they were horrendous, no doubt. I, I kind of got a vibe. I don't know if you did. I, I think you and I spoke about that not too long ago, but Watching that Georgia Tech game, I, 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 I felt that Georgia Tech was missing all these players, all these starters on the defensive line. And for some reason, they were able to pretty much handle uh, FSU without any problem uh, for the most part. I mean, if you look at all this, the missed kicks, the missed extra points. They would have won that game by 13. Then the following week, we watched Georgia Tech, and they would look horrible. And then that was against UCF. They battled for a good quarter and a half, and then that was it. And then we watched them play last week. And I'm like, you know, either they're really that bad or Florida State's even worse than that. And I got to tell you, I'd never in a million years, and I remember even when Coach Mujer was there coaching from the press box at, uh, up in Tallahassee, never did I think that we would be at the, they would be at this stage, not we, but they, our rivalry would be this pathetic. Uh, because it was absolutely horrendous. If you look at the history of our of our two programs going at it, I mean, other than the years that we were on probation, it was never this bad, Gary. Uh, mm-hmm. From our from our standpoint, it was never this bad. But taking all that into account, I do feel that Manny did a phenomenal job Saturday. Uh, and I'll tell you what I was impressed with: the amount of kids that played, him main, maintaining control of those kids throughout. Um, even even with all of the the personal fouls, the 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 dirty plays that we saw, the frustration plays that we saw coming out of FSU's defense, and, and he was able, and they were able to maintain control. So when you talk about, I think Stephen was mentioning this, you talk about a championship mentality. Even though Florida State's really bad, but you saw some examples of the transformation of where he's trying to get these kids to go at, to go to and end up at. Now, we're far away from, from being there, no doubt about it. But the, the steps they've taken, and, and to underscore the impact of De'Ara King, you just can't, I mean, you just can't uh, add the offensive staff we've brought in the play, the mentality, the commitment, the desire to win on the other side of the ball, across the board in that locker room, it's like for once you've got a program, a real program. I'm not saying a championship program. I'm saying a real, you know, top 10, top 15 program that every year, year in, year out, they produce players that go to the league and they win games, and they win big games. So you're starting to see some examples of that. But the true test (laughs) – True test comes in two weeks. Um, and they may not be built for that test, everything. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. They may not be ready for that test. And, 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 you know, to me, though, it's like they have come so far that if they're not ready for that test, you know, whether it's you or Greg or Ross or anybody out there in the fan base, it, you know, and, and I was as tough as anybody at the end of last year and it was warranted. The program was an absolute train wreck, okay? They, these guys, the, what they have done in nine months is, is probably 
the most amazing. It might be, and I, you know, you're always in the moment, and you you tend to forget things. But I can't remember anything like this in in the 40 plus years I've been around this program. I mean, even when we had good coaches come in, it took them time to to kind of rebuild the team and stuff. I mean, this is a team that went six and seven last year. It could have been worse than that, and. You know, Manny was not a good head coach last year, and the the, the coaching, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, was not very good last year. And certainly the quarterback play was horrendous. And you just change a few pieces, and look what they've done. Like it's it, to me, it's it's absolutely amazing. And they, we haven't played anybody yet, but just just the way it looks and the atmosphere that you see around the program is is it's just it's stunning. But I, I'm gonna point to something that uh, I think Steve just mentioned, or Steven just mentioned, uh, truck driver. He, he, made, he brought up a lot of good points, and, and, and you pretty much um, commend him on his passion. But it, it's, it's reality. I, I, I think that you and, and, a, and a couple of us, we differ with regards to you are what you are. It's not what you, what you look like. It's what you are. And that's that mentality that starts with the coaching staff. And he's right. We've always nickel and dimed this program from the AD down all the way down. And now we're finally, we're a legitimate program. We need that next step. We need that next big guy to come on in here and get some great deals for these kids in, now that it's legal and, and get some major dollars earmarked for these kids with these sponsors. We need that to start because we got to take the next two steps. And, and, and those next two steps put you on parallel with – Alabama. But if you don't think that way, if you don't demand that every day, all right, every week, you don't get that. And I'm with Steven. You've got to have the mentality today, hopefully, at the Heck Center, that they're going to go up there and kick their ass. Oh, they will. Bottom line is they, 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 they will. I don't know if they'll believe it to their core, but the, that's going to be their mindset. And I'll give you an example. Okay, and you might say this is totally different. It's apples and oranges, which is which is fair. Kansas State, a kid by the name of Chris Kleiman, that he was he was he was the GA when I was an assistant at Northern Iowa many moons ago. Okay, Chris Kleiman went to North Dakota State, built a great program, worked under a great head coach, then became the head coach, and after that got the job at K State. He has zero zero five stars and zero zero four stars. But what he has, and they, they went through hell this summer, like a lot of people did with COVID, he has them all on the same damn page. Mm-hmm. And there's no exceptions for anybody. And that's the culture, and it is what it is. Whether you like it or not, we're going this way. Either you fall in line or you get the fuck out. And, and they're able to go to Norman and be a top-tier program year in and year out that Oklahoma is. So I don't want to hear it can't be done. It can be done. Hopefully they're putting in, they're installing a great scheme for that week. Hopefully they're going to go ahead and coach their asses off. And if the kids see that and they, they, they're basically able to comprehend what they're being taught and absorb it, and then on their own put the extra in because you know the 20 hours a week doesn't mean shit. It's the extra that defines you as a player. It's the extra that defines you as an offense, as a defense, as a secondary as a linebacker unit, whatever it is, if the extras there, along with the preparation, and they're all on the same damn page, Gary, Stephen's right. 
You just can't expect to go up there and hope to compete. Fuck that. You got you're hoping to win the goddamn game. And it's yeah, I, I mean, and I think they'll really, do that. They're obviously not going up I'm there looking to lose or, or get or get embarrassed. I just don't know if we I have the roster to play with those guys yet. It's going to be very interesting to see if the improvements in scheme and the improvement in culture and, and the things that they have going for themselves right now can compensate for maybe Clemson having a little bit better roster. And, you know, we'll see what kind of game we get we get from those guys. But, um, you know, I don't know if we're at that point yet. We're going to find out. I'll tell you what your Achilles heel is. It's what Stephen mentioned earlier. You got two or three coaches on the defensive side of the ball that don't really belong there at this level. They just don't. They don't. And you know who they are. You know who I, I know who they are. We all know who they are. If you know football, if you've been following this program, you can't go ahead and get discount bargain guys at this level. So special teams, special teams is going to be a highlight in that game. Hopefully, we're on the we're on the positive end. But I can tell you right now, our Achilles heel as a program, right now is your punt return game. Right now it's your, ki- it's your kick return game. We've got a great punter. We've got a great kicker. But defending, we're not there. Florida State had ample opportunities last week. I mean, ample opportunities with all, with all the kickoffs they had. You talk about a poorly coached program. Those guys were going in right they – were, they were going right into three and four guys, not even taking the lanes that were open. I mean – that's how poorly coached they were, but we got to get our special teams right. Our linebackers, I told you last week, and, and Greg gave me some shit for it, but that's fine. Greg, Greg really doesn't know football. He's a nice guy. I told you, I saw some improvement when we had a faster lineup playing linebacker. With Zach at, 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 uh, at middle and Sam at weak, we're faster. We get, we, get, we get through a lot quicker. We get to the point of contact. We make tackles. Every time BJ, and I love BJ, he's a great kid, but he can't be playing. You got a kid in Avery Huff who's a dog chasing a car. I can't tell you. You can't adjust. I get all those things. That's why you have a smart guy like Zach that's telling him what the hell to do. Those guys have to be infused more. You can't continue to do the same crap you did last year with Rousseau that we waited three games for him to be the starter. And I don't want to hear about his back because that's a bullshit excuse. You've got to be a dog. You've got to let these guys get out there and get after it. And the the weak links, it's not about being, you know, loyal to a kid. I got to win. We got to win. And that's just the game. So hopefully our coaching staff does what they're supposed to do across the board, Gary. And that, that to me, is a big thing. I I love some of the things I've seen, but we need more. We need more, Gary. Because you got to win. All right, everything. We'll uh, we'll pick this up next week. Talk a little bit more about the Clemson game. Appreciate you coming on the show as always. Hey, one recruiting thing, if I could. Quick, go ahead. Is there any kid right now that you think, after this past week, is really now opening up his mind more and more towards us right now? Any local kid? Um, Committed possibly someplace else. I think, um, you know, obviously you're always watching Marshall. There's no doubt about that. Always seeing what happens there. Um, um, you know, we're keeping a close eye on the Markevious Brown kid up at Pahokee. You know, he's he's one to keep an eye on. But, you know, they're almost full. They don't have any spots left. 
So, you know, we'll see. Oh, we need we need corners. We need corners. And I'll tell you we what, corners, yeah, and I'm going to tell you something else. Based on what I've seen, you, you might want to save a couple spots for the transfer portal. Because right now, uh, you know, five, probably five of your top six, seven players are transfers. So hey, that, that, it, it, this year it's definitely worked this year. And there's no doubt yep. about it. It's, it's early still, but so far it's worked out. Gary, be well, my yep. friend. All right, everything. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out to the 240. You are live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? You must have good things to say. <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> All right, go ahead, man. You got you got um, the floor. I'm just going to piggy. I got a, I got a few things I, I got to say. Um, I'm going to piggyback off what Steve said And you know uh, 305 said some good things I agree with him tonight You know sometimes I don't and sometimes I do You know when when he says some good stuff But you know attitude reflects Leadership So like they were saying If the coach's attitudes are like Yo we're going to go up here and we're going to put foot to ass And and just lay it all out on the line Then I believe the players are going to Fall in line and follow suit And from what we've seen from these three games, the body of work, it shows that they're believing and they're trusting in what Manny and some of these coaches are pre are, are teaching them. Now, um, you remember after the first game after UAB, everybody was down, but not not everybody, but lot several people on the, on 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 our message boards and some of the callers and just Kane fans in general was down on on Mark Lashley. I mean, Rhett Lashley, excuse me. And I was talking to TJ, and I was like, you know, I said, it's almost like for some of these people, it's almost like, you know, when you go out with your girl, with, with a girl you met for the first time, you take her on that date, and some cats expect to sleep with her the first night, and you don't. Now you're mad at her. You call all kind of names, right? But give it time. And on that third date, when she finally allows you and she gives you that nectar, you like, oh, my God, I'm glad I waited. I'm glad I didn't dump her and all this other shit. That's how, that's how I look at this. You look at the first game, we ran the ball, couldn't pass. Louisville game, shit opened up a little more. This past Saturday, an explosion. Boom. Give it time. Hey, yo, you, you got to give things time. You know what I'm saying? We're we in this microwave generation where we want things immediately to happen. Nah, you got to give it time. It was a new offensive coordinator, a new coach, I mean, new quarterback, excuse me, a new O-line coach, no spring ball. You got to figure Derrick King didn't play football last year. Really, he played in, what, three, four games, and that was it. So you got you to understand he was getting off the rust, right? Boom. Now, moving to the Louisville game. Everybody was complaining the defense gave up 500 yards, and, yo, I was saying the same thing. Like, damn, they, they getting shredded, right? But then – I, I kind of, you know, me being a, a you know football guy, a coach for over 20 years and a player, it kind of reminded me of when the Giants played the Bills in 1990 in the Super Bowl. And everybody know the Bills had the K-Gun. They was averaging 30, 40 points a game. And Bill Belichick went to the defense and said, look, we're going to allow Thurman Thomas to get here, but we're going to keep everything short and we're going to be physical with their receivers and tackle well. 
Thurman Thomas had like a buck 40, two touchdowns against the Giants because they played a dime defense all game to eliminate, to eliminate the explosive plays. Now, don't get it twisted, nobody on this that's holding on. Not comparing nobody on the defensive staff with Bill Belichick. And I'm not even saying that was the game plan. But sometimes you got to give a little to get a little. We're going to let them run long as we make tackles. We're not giving them no explosive plays downfield. And that's what they did. Gave them 500 yards. That's cool, but we still got the W. This Saturday, totally different defense. Even though Florida State is not what custom to seeing, but it's still Florida State. It's still a rivalry. Anything can happen. And, like, what I don't like is we beat Louisville, then it's like, oh, well, you know, it was only Louisville. But coming into that game, everybody was, everybody was making Louisville out to beat LSU. So then when I don't know about LSU, but we did, yeah. I think, I think me, everybody thought, thought Louisville would be a little bit better than what they were. Certainly on what? defense. You know I, th- I think they're, they were plenty good on offense, but, uh, you know, I thought defensively they would be a little bit better than what they ended up being. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay. And I thought somebody else on the board a couple of weeks ago that was said the same thing about every time Miami get ready to play somebody, this team is the best team since sliced bread. I don't know who it was, but it was, it was, it was the week going into the Louisville game. So now Florida State. We know Florida State is down, but Florida State got athletes. Like, you know football, you know Florida State still have athletes across the board. We know that. But the coaching ain't good. The coaching isn't good. So we know that, but it's still a rivalry game. Regardless, it's a rivalry game. So it's almost like every time Miami beats somebody, people in the media or they always want to put an asterisk. Oh, well, they beat the down Florida State team. Oh, well, they beat UAB. Oh, well. They beat they, they beat the OK Notre Dame team. Oh, they beat the Social Virginia Tech team. It's always an asterisk when we beat when we beat a team, but when that team beats us or we play poorly against that team, it's oh Miami struggle. Oh Miami struggle. Oh damn Miami lost to Virginia Tech. It's like yo, it's like we can't win for losing. You know, it's like no. we can't win for losing. Sometimes. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if that's true, but you know, look, the the ACC is not real strong right now. Let's be honest. Not, so I'm, you know, I'm, you, I'm, when you when I'm you see a team, about, but D Black, when you see a team show up as improved as this team is this year, you want to see them go against good competition because you want to yeah, get a real yeah. feel. Are are we really as good as we look? You know, as we think we are. I mean, you know that oh. like. I mean, that's what I want to see. I, I enjoy competitive games. I want to see a team put to a test. Gary, you talking to somebody who played the game. I always want to play the best, but you play who's on your schedule, Gary. No doubt. We can't, no argument with that. It's, 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 not our fault. it's not our fault Florida State stinks this year. It's nope. not our fault that Louisville defense is horrible. It's not nope. our fault. You play who's on your schedule, right? LSU has yep. got their ass kicked. Gave up 600 yards, and that's the defending champ who's on your schedule. You know what I mean? No argument. And, and all these other things, right? And they, they, you know, and they always got these opinions, like they're, like they're the experts. You know, like I said to my man the other day, I said, yo, that's like I'm in, I'm in the profession that I'm in, and I'm married to a dentist. Say I was married to a dentist for 20 years. I was married to a dentist. Does that qualify me to give somebody dental advice? 
No, it doesn't. So just because Obama been writing for a team for 20, 30 years, yo, that don't get that don't make your word the gospel. Especially like when I watch the game, I watch the game from a coach's eye and from a former player's eye. So I'm looking at the game totally different. I'm looking at the game different. And just like when everybody was complaining about Rhett Leslie early, the first game of the season, like, yo, they wasn't like the offense, they wasn't doing no combo route, no high-low routes, none of that. And you start to see all of that in the second game, the quick, the, uh, the quick bubbles, the, uh, the brevet, the high-low routes with you got the deep ends and, and you got the deep post over top of that. You started seeing that of recently last two games. And it's it, only thing that's gonna happen is going to is going to evolve even more as they get used to each other. Now moving on to Clemson, I'm like, yo, you keep saying that you don't think we got the roster to do that, right? Now, our roster right now is better than the Syracuse roster that beat them and almost beat them again. Our roster is better than that roster. Our roster is better than the Pitt roster who beat Clemson. Like, nobody knew Buster Douglas was going to beat Mike Tyson. Nobody. If anybody you ever talk to, Gary, tells you they picked Buster Douglas, they better be, look, they better be more, they better have more money than you. Trust me, because if they better on that game, they wouldn't be working no more. So can't no one as a, as a man tell you, oh, yeah, I had Buster Douglas picked to win that fight. No, you didn't. Nobody had Buster Douglas to win. But guess what? He won. And I love Mike. Love him. When he lost that fight, I was in eighth grade. That fucked me up. I was like, yo, this dude lost. But moving back to the game, to say we don't have the players to do that, Gary, I, I, think, I think that's unfair to say we don't have the roster to do that. I think we do have the roster to do that. They just got to go out there and just play ball. It's gonna have to be I hope a, you're right, and we're going to find game. out. I hope you're right. You know, it's almost, it's almost going to be a, a, a flawless game. And I got this one last point. Then I'm going to let the rest, of the rest of the brethren get on about the Terrence Lewis thing, right? Everybody makes mistakes, correct? right? You know, I'm not going to get up here and say, I know everything was going on in the program or what's going on, but, you know, I'm in the, I got my connects. I got my connects, but he was never a, a, a teammate. His issues was never based on his teammates. He's been a team guy, gets along with all his boys, all his players. You know, he had an incident with a coach, you know, things like that. Am I dismissing that? Hell nah. You ain't never supposed to. But, yo, everybody makes mistakes, man. Everybody makes a mistake. Everybody is like, yo, with him, the rules got to be outlined and clear. Like, yo, we want you, but this is what we're not dealing with. We're not dealing with this. And you got to have the right kind of coach to deal with that. I'm pretty sure Jimmy, Howard, Butch had certain players like that, how how they dealt with them. You know, you just got to have somebody there. And I really think Ed Reed being there, I think Ed Reed being there can help, can help with that situation. A lot more, but my thing is, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw away the number one linebacker in the country. You know, like he made a mistake, man. Everybody, everybody makes mistakes, yo. Especially at this age, 17, 18. Like he, he made a mistake. Let's not throw him away. Let's not throw him to the wolves because he made a mistake and say, oh no, we don't want him here. Then he goes to Tennessee and he has a flawless career and he's a top ten. 
pick in the draft in three years. Mm-hmm. Like, like, let's stop letting everybody else benefit off of our talent that we can keep home. So, you know, that's all I got to say tonight, man. You know, everybody that was on had some good points tonight. Um, just keep me on hold, and, you know, we'll, we'll wrap next week when it's Clemson week, baby. All right, D Black. Thanks for the call, man. Great, great points. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on show. Let's go now to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 561, you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, let's go out to the 386. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how we doing tonight, Gary? Doing good. How you doing? Who's this? All right, all right. This is Willie again. Hey, I, I got a couple hey, of Willie. points. I'm not going to. Hey, listen, I, I've been I, – I, you probably already answered one of my questions about the Clemson game, but I don't know how old you are, and I'm not asking, but you remember when we opened up against uh, – the point I'm making, you may not be old enough to remember this, but you remember when we opened up against – Florida State, they were number one. I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, we were number ten. We beat them thirty-one nothing. Yeah, I do remember so the that. Point I'm making, okay, so the point I'm making is we we were number ten, right? Uh, that I don't remember. I can't remember. I'm I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure out what year that was and. It was uh, 1988. It was 1988. 1988. Yep. Um, Correct. We were number six. They were number one. Okay. The point I'm making is Miami went into that game, and they played like they were the better team. They played with confidence. They played like they were the better team, and they took it to Florida State. And that's that's what this team has to do going up the. Uh, Going up to Clemson. Clemson is not going to take it easy on them. So, hey, you can come out and lay it on the line or, or roll over and get beat 38-3 again. But uh, upon saying that, I have a recruiting question. Uh, what's what's the chances Amari Daniels ends up at Miami? I don't feel good about it because, you know, I think he's – you know, pretty tight with the the guys at Texas A and M. You know, Coley, Jimbo, and those guys. And I, you know, when if if you're a, that kid and and you're looking at what's going on at running back right now at Miami with Knighton and Cheney, and you know, I'm not sure, you know, that you're going to be so quick to jump in the boat there when you've got the kind of options that that he's being told he has at, at Texas A&M. So, you know, right now I would give Texas A&M slight, a slight lead. Uh, a couple other schools, Georgia, I think, uh, Florida State are, is trying to get in there. Uh, there. There just might be a better opportunity for him somewhere else. I mean, obviously I hope he goes to Miami. But if I had to make a bet right now, I would probably say Texas A&M. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna make a point about the Clemson game. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what Miami has to do to win. I'm 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 just gonna say offensively what can't happen. And I I'd like for you to comment on it. This is what can't happen. Number one, guys, offensively, guys just have to perform. It's as simple as that. Guys have to perform. But here's what can't happen. At about eleven o'clock next Saturday night, when we take a look at the stat sheet as a whole. 
as a whole, we can't have 60 or 70 yards rushing as a team. That can't happen. Number two, Pope, Wiggins, and Hartley, between the three of them, they can't have five receptions. They can't, they, they, that, that can't happen. Guys have got to perform. Our offensive line, Clemson's strength on defense is their defensive line. Our offensive line has got to put a physical body on Clemson defensive line. No coming off the ball, leaning on people, none of this finesse stuff. They got to put a physical body on Clemson defensive line. And and on defense, I'm just going to touch on defense like this right here. Our linebackers has got to start impact in the game. They have to start. It's as simple as that. You have to have an impact on the game. There has never been a great Canes defense that didn't have linebackers that wasn't impact in the game. Thank you. All right, Willie. Thanks uh, for being part of the show and give us a call again. All right, let's give to 561 one more shot. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 561, you with us? Going once, twice, three times. All right, you're going to have to uh, try it on another week. Let's go out to the 985. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Man, Gary, what's going on? It's Swagger. Hey, what's up, Swagger? How you been, man? Uh, I've been okay. I've been listening into the show, man. I disagree with a lot, a lot, a lot of these callers, man. I gotta say, some of the, it's been some of it's been animated, crazy, that's for sure. It's been fun. It's always nice to hear yeah, different I mean, viewpoints. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, go go try to put up a, a a list of coaches from one to ten and see if you get invited to another press conference after a game or try to go interview a coach. <laughs> see, see how that works out for you. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, yeah, I mean, I listen. I wouldn't be ripping on any coaches right now. That's for sure. Number one, and num- and you know, number two, listen. Sometimes when you do what we do, you you, you got to tell it like it is. I mean. You know, you, you're not always gonna, you know going to be able to make everybody happy. I mean, the facts are the facts. The performance is the performance. I mean, at the you know last year the performance wasn't good. So far this year, it's been freaking great. And you know, you can't compliment the coaches enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, coaching coaching is 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 a part of it. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, come on, Lashley Lashley's been a miracle worker as far as I'm concerned, coming in what he's what he's done with this offense. It's amazing. I mean, you made a point that somebody made a point about Zion Nelson earlier. You know, you don't think that some of that was as is a part of that is getting his butt kicked all year last year as a true freshman on the field and him learning and getting experience from that time. And I think it's I think it's more what he accomplished in the weight room. Number one and number two, better coaching. And okay. three, he still has yet to really be tested. Let's see what he does against Clemson. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. look, the best defense we've played so far is UAB. UAB Correct. goes to Tallahassee and plays that Florida State team. They beat them by two touchdowns. I mean, that, that's my opinion. I mean, they're they're ab- they were absolutely horrible. They have no direction. Dumpster fire doesn't even begin to describe their program right now. It, it's it was an absolute joke the other night. Those kids, that team was done at the end of the first quarter. I posted it up on the board. Quarter one was over. They were done. That game was over. Finished. I mean, they just, they, I mean, you know, it was what it was. Um, You know, I think it's so hard to come out of these games, you know, with a a good look. You want to say all of these great things about our team, 
But I, I kind of go the other way with it. You know, we're going to have our test in two weeks. When we go <laughs> when we go to Memorial Stadium and play the number one team in the country. But, but you know what? I, lo- I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Because, like, to me, right. the way they've played these three games, they, they have earned that right to go play that team and see where they are. And, I, you know, I just – look, if, if it doesn't work out great, then I just – my feeling just is, like, you know, as fans – this is a different product this year, and and everybody had every right to be as upset as they were about last year's season and the way the team looked and and the way things were going for Manny and everything else. There, you know, I will stand up for our fan base to my, you know, to the to the last day I can watch football. That the, the that the the reaction to last year's season was one hundred percent. Warranted and 100% fair. That was an absolute and train credit, wreck. And credit to Manny Diaz for doing everything that he did again in the off season to bring Change. in Lashley, to, to bring in Ed Reed, who I think we need to mention because I'm watching Ed Reed during the Louisville game, and he's on the sidelines working the refs. I'm watching Ed Reed is escorting, you know, uh, uh, you know, an ejected Jalen Phillips to the locker room. It is gear. If you're not going to tell me that that man hadn't had an effect on this on this sudden culture change in the program, you're crazy. You're crazy. I mean, I look. He's been there as a hurricane. He know what it, he knows what it means to be a hurricane. You know, he's lived it. And I just I think he's 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 kind of the unsung hero. You know, after the Lashleys and what the Eric King is doing, I think he's the guy that's not talked about. That's behind the scenes talking to these kids about how to be a Miami Hurricane, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're right. We're not, you know, we're not able to see that right now because of the, you know, the bubble and, and, and things that are going on with coronavirus. But, you know, he surely isn't hurting anything, that's for sure. I mean, I mean look at Cam Harris not wanting to take the touchdown rings. You know, I love that. To get I love that. Wanting to get the touchdown rings to the offensive line. Would that yeah, have happened it. over the past seven or eight years? No. No way. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Not even close. I mean, that's just they you know that's just one of the things. But look, going up to Clemson next week, or you know, in two weeks, do we have the roster to beat us? Yeah. Has has Lashley and, and Garrett King and all these guys been absolutely electric? Absolutely, no question. These past three games. But but here's here's the thing. You go up to take on the number one team in the country, and some of the things that can happen in, those, in that game, you can't miss a wide-open Jeremiah Payton in the end zone. You can't miss, and I think it was the Louisville game, you can't miss a wide-open, was it E. Wiggins or one of them, or Pope streaking down the field long. Those are plays that you have to make. And I'm not, I'm not knocking De'Ara King. De'Ara King is the best thing to happen to this program since Jesus, Kenny Dorsey, as far as I'm concerned. Those plays, when they're, when they're there against the number one team in the country, have to be made. And when they're there to be made, you got to make them. And that's what has to happen in order for us to be, you know, to beat the Tigers in two weeks. I just don't know. I don't know how we block them, Gary. I just don't know how we block them up front. I mean, I, I, I said it on the board. You know, I think Lashley has been a magician with his play calling. You see it out there with the check with me's. Whenever Derek looks back to the sideline, whenever they slow it down a bit, uh, you know, and they and they hit the open spots, 
But, man, I'll tell you what, this week with going up against that Clemson front, which I agree with the last caller, that's the strength of their whole team, it, it's going to be it's going to be a tall order. It's going to be it's, it's going to be like I said, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, and it is, and 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 they've earned it, and it's going to be another primetime showcase, and I, I hope they go up there, and and do their best, and you know, honestly, I hope Clemson gives us their best too, because to me, more than in winning or losing this game. I think it's important for the program that you see where you really are. And, you know, I talked about this a lot after last year, um, posted it, tweeted about it, because I really felt passionately about it, that the Miami program needed to once again give respect to where the bar was, you know, and, 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 and look at what was going on and look at Clemson and know that Clemson was the bar and that you had to get to that level if you were ever going to compete for anything here again at the University of Miami. And I just didn't felt like business was being conducted to that degree. And if you just look at all the upgrades this year and how much better things are, and I'm not saying everything's perfect or not, you know, I don't think we really know that yet, but it's, I think everybody can agree that it's significantly better than what it was. And, you know, that's the start of respecting the bar. Like you can't be what you were last year. You can't be at that level from a coaching, a talent or a playing standpoint, you cannot be at that level. You can't be at a level where FIU can beat you. You know, you yeah. can't be you can't be at a level where Louisiana Tech is shutting you out fourteen nothing. Like that's not you can't be the University of Miami and be that. You know, or else right. just say we're not the University of Miami anymore. We're not trying to win championships yeah. anymore. And 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 I think that 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 was the start. And 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 that's why I was so passionate about it. And I think they've taken major steps in that direction. You know, the first thing that had to happen was the athletic director had to approve, you know, who, who myself and many were very hard on last year um, for the way he handled the coaching search and a lot of other things. But, but, you know, the first thing he had to do, he had to approve the firing of Dan Enos. Do you know how much money that's costing the University of Miami athletic department? I mean, that guy had two years left on his contract at a million plus. I mean, that's a lot of money to eat, you know, a couple million bucks. So he had to approve that for starters. And, and then it just, you know, systematically, they've just, you know, Manny just went after this thing one move at a time, boom, 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 made them all count and look at the results so far. And I don't know what's going to happen to Clemson, like I've said. Right. You have to have respect for what he's done. Yes, of course. I mean, I, you know, I go back, I'll go back to the same thing, though. You put Rhett Lashley and Garen Justice with the team from 2019, Jaron Williams, all those freshmen up front. You know, the, the couple of, not going to name names, but a couple of the head cases. And do we have the same results as what we have in 2020? I don't, I just, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I mean, case in point, LSU, look what happened to them. They lost 17 players. They got their butt whipped on Saturday. You know, I mean, I, you know, I just, I, I, I think that, I think experience on the field has a lot to do with it. That's, that's my, that's my point there. Derek King, Derek, I'll give you another King. Derek King reminds me of, you have to go back a little bit for this one. Remember Sean King for Tulane? Remember him? Yeah. That's kind of close. The closest thing I could see with you. We're talking about Derek uh, getting drafted or, uh, you know, a player, uh, you know, a team maybe looking at seeing where they can use him. Sean went to the NFL and kind of floated around a little bit. I mean, that's that's probably the closest comparison I could make to what to what he is. I mean, dynamic player, electric, just – and, you know, the calm and presence – that he has 
on this offense. I don't know. Just when you go out there, you can just feel like the calm. Man, we haven't had that in God knows when. You know, like they they walk out there different, confidence, just confident. You know, it's just just it's amazing. So all right, Swagger, you got anything else this week? Yeah, uh, three guys, three guys I want in recruiting: Amari Daniels, Tyreek Sapp, and Jason Marshall. Got to figure out a way to slip those guys from Florida. Any chance? Um, of the three you mentioned, I would say maybe the best chance is Marshall, but we'll you know we'll have to see what happens. All right, Swagger, right, give us a call next week, man. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk more Clemson. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, this edition of Kane Sport Live is brought to you in part by JFQ Lending. With interest rates below 3%, there's never been a better time to lock in a low fixed interest rate on your mortgage. You'll never need to think about refinancing again. You set it and you forget it. And with JFQ Lending, you're guaranteed to get the highest level of customer service. These guys are really fired up about being part of of Canesport.com and Canesport Live this year. And they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and over 3,000 five-star reviews. So they love being part of us. They, they, they want to help you refinance or, or, or get a mortgage. And they will give you the most impeccable service that I think you could find anywhere. So give Kyler Koppelman a call today at 323-607-8802. That's 323-607-8802. Or you can email Kyler directly at kkoppelman, which is K-K-O- P-P-E-L-M-A-N at jfqlending.com. JFQ Lending is an equal access lender licensed in over 40 states. So uh, want to try to save a little money on that mortgage, have a few extra bucks in your pocket to buy some Canes gear now that the team's playing well again. Uh, give Kyler a call, and I'm sure he'll do his best to help you. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999. 3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Um, let's see where we're at. Let's go out to the 865. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? What's up, Gary? It's James from Tennessee. What's up? What's going on, James? How are you doing this week? Buddy, I am fantastic. I mean, Miami sports, I'm stuck up here in Tennessee, but Miami sports in the playoffs, finals, Miami whipping Florida State's ass like I predicted last week. And, and oh, let me just say something. What about everything? Not even saying, oh, you know, it's going to be a close game going into the third or fourth quarter. Man, I said the hell with that. Last week I said we would bitch slap them by halftime, and that's what it was, man. We bitch slapped them, okay? <laughs> and everybody tonight is all like, oh, well, you know, they were horrendous. Who cares? Who cares? We yeah, no one's, no one's feeling sorry for them, I assure you. No, not at all. But I'll tell you this, Gary. But they were horrendous. Right. How bad? They were bad. How, how bad? How bad has it been in the past that we have played down to the level of the competition when we should have bitch-slipped other teams like that? You know, honestly. I, I mean, it's, it, I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm like you, Gary. I am – it's a pleasant surprise. How about that? We didn't know what we were going to get. No spring ball, hardly. No real, like, uh, like they had the fall practice, but, you know, not the off-season workouts. And the, but this team somehow has put this together, and they like each other. 
I mean, you can see it on the sidelines. Winning cures all. Let's see what happens when they face some adversity. Okay, but I'm just saying that Florida State was absolutely atrocious. They were. And there is improvement for our team as well. But the way that we went out there and handled business, the only thing that could have made that night perfect is a full crowd there at the stadium. Recruits, not just that we, it seems like we've got the 2021 class locked up. Love to get a couple more guys, but, you know, the numbers are not there. Like you said, the transfer portal, goodness gracious. Anybody that's not happy at a program and wants to showcase their skills, come on down. I mean, that's, that's the way that I see it at this point. But I'm talking about 2022, 2023, those kids in the stands. That could have been Notre Dame-esque that night, honestly. That's the only thing that didn't go right for Miami, honestly. That's, that's the thing that I hated the most. But I've been waiting for that for 23 years when they embarrassed our asses. We were on probation, so be it. But they embarrassed our asses. I still see Covington getting thrown into the damn um, goalpost every time they show that clip and so forth. And I'm glad that we murdered those son of a bitches this past weekend, honestly. And I hope any recruit that has a pulse that can contribute to this program that even thinks about going there felt the ass kicking we gave them on Saturday. That's what I wanted to just say right off the bat. Now, business in two weeks. Business in two weeks. I will never forget how bad we played, 59 nothing. The, the turning point of this program when we got rid of Golden. And the thing is, is the effects of under that staff still screw with me when I watch a game now, Gary. I'm, I'm, I'm now like, oh, my God, if, if we're not, are we going to pick up this third down? Or, oh, can we do this? Can we do that? I mean, that, that's the type of stuff. I, 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 it's the term that's been thrown around on message boards, no matter where you read, goldenized. And then it was, are you, you know, is this rigged, you know, and all this and stuff. Are, are you Shannonized? Are you Cokerized? I mean, I want this shit basically exorcist from this program, honestly. This is a different team. Now, the big boys, we're going to see what they are when they play, what they're going to see in a couple of weeks. You know it. You've been preaching it. We don't think that we have the roster, and we don't. I mean, if you went – 1 to 85, and I don't even know if we even have the full allotment of 85. I, I know that we've, we've always been a little bit lower. But if you go 1 to 85, they're better than us. They have two Heisman Trophy candidates in the backfield. We haven't had that since Dorsey and McGahee 18 years ago. So what I'm saying is, is that this is going to be a great test. I love it, though. I love it. We have nothing to lose. We're playing house money. Just like the Heat against the Lakers, this is house money, Gary. And I think that we haven't even seen the full arsenal of the offense yet. You know, I, we talked about it last week. I can't wait to see what he's got in store. And Venables has some tape on what he's had in the past. He has some tape of this year. But we still have just run out of the same basic formations. And we have destroyed who we have faced. Now, their defense is obviously a step above of what we faced up to this point. Fine. But if they're going to be aggressive, hit them with quick short passes. Hopefully we catch them this week. We still are dropping balls. But that goes back to recruiting, and hopefully maybe some of these younger guys can contribute. Maybe Jeremiah Payton might be available. But the thing is, I called out D. Wiggins last week, and he caught the damn ball. Nice, nice, nice pass. And, and to see the reaction from Lashley and King bump each other, and I, it just felt electric. I, I felt like, like 18 years ago. That, that, that's what I feel. Like this program has been in a damn coma for 18 years since that 
fucking fiesta bowl. And I hate to be that way. But they have to wake up, and De'Ara King is a blessing. This, this, this tackle that he took with him, Williams, has been a blessing. Bolden and, and, uh, and, and Jalen Phillips, I know. And let me tell you something. I like how you said he's not elite yet because he's not. He doesn't even have a sack yet, okay? But what he does do – Yeah, I don't know why everybody motor. wants me to use that elite yeah. tag so no, loosely. No, no, not at all. No, no. What he is, what he is, and, and I liked how you said it, Gary. What he is is he's got a motor on him. And he's got a little bit of that West Coast swag that, that's nice to have on the team, honestly. Now, I, I hated that he got kicked out of the game. I mean, you know what? It wasn't even him that really kicked the helmet. It was actually um, one of the other players that kicked it. And then he actually it hit his foot and, and so forth, and he got blamed for it. You know, go figure. But I'll tell you, just having Ed Reed, every, a couple of callers now have said it in a row, and they kind of stole my thunder. Of course, I joined late. But Ed Reed. I mean, you talk about Lashley and the offensive line coach and the wide receivers coach, and let's not even talk about what in the hell Ron Dugans was doing with Florida State over there, having a fight with Tamian Terry and all that on the sidelines. I'm not even wanting to get into that, but it's just like we had that. He was our wide receivers coach just a couple of years ago, for goodness sakes. And Manny told him to get lost. And, and this new wide receivers coach with what he's had to work with, I mean, I, I, I'm pleased so far with what he's had to work with. Uh, Manny has upgraded, but the but the addition of Ed Reed, there is just something about how the players carry themselves right now. And like I said, we hadn't had Ed Reed on this campus in 19 years since we won the national championship. And the further that we got away from him, he was doing his thing in the pros and so forth. We lost that dog mentality. Nobody can tell me any different. Ed Reed was that head coach of that 2001 national title team. Him and Ken Dorsey, you know, the coaches, whatever, but those guys policed themselves. They kept everybody accountable. They went through hell and back. And when those guys left, it, it, it's just everybody was riding off the coattails, and then the whole damn wagon fell apart. But that man now being back on campus and that presence of him and the cigars and everything, I love it. He's like the godfather, like how Riley is with the Heat. He is the godfather of the Miami Hurricanes right now, the modern-day stuff. <laughs> Man, Manny had the, Manny had a cigar in the locker room after the game too. I was cracking up. Uh, he did a two-step. I, I, he's, I he's doing a two-step with a cigar Cuban. in his mouth. <laughs> he, he, he must be the only Cuban without with any with, without any rhythm or something. But damn, I loved it. I loved it, Gary. I mean, and that's what it is. And 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 and, and how different is that than what we saw last year? Last year. You have said it. We have said it. It's an atrociousness that was and, – and, and to, this is night and day. And I don't care who they played. Uh, they did, they've done it. They didn't play down to their competition, and they have kicked ass, and they're making adjustments. Now, things that need to be going forward, and this is just my opinion because I don't want to harp on too much negativity. John Ford is the guy I'm calling out for the next two weeks. You have been an absolute no-show. Nesta was eaten last game. Uh, uh, the, uh, J- Harrison Hunt should be starting at this point. I love that 81. He reminds me of a smaller Calais Campbell, the way he just likes to go out there and just dog. And I'm telling you, Roche, Phillips, Harrison Hunt, and Nesta need to be that four starting defensive lineman when they go play Clemson because John Ford has given you absolutely nothing, just absolutely nothing. And he was against a terrible offensive line this past weekend, Gary. I've never felt that he's given them anything. I I, I was surprised when he by, when by default they just made him a starter this year because I was hoping that one of those young guys would step up, and it does look like Harrison Hunt is stepping up. 
Uh, yeah, and, and and the other thing is, what were they talking about last year? That oh, this is the guy that's really going to turn heads and make you forget about Gerald Willis. Get the hell out of here with that! I mean, I don't know who smoked that crap yeah, I don't, or what have you, you know. to say that, you know. And then and then going back to Jennings, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's because of the calming, uh, the, the calmness of being an upperclassman, but I'm ready to ball out with Brooks because you're going to need an animal back there to nail ETN's ass to the ground and let him feel it because that's what you're going to need. You're going to need a dog out there to knock the ever living shit out of that guy. We, you had callers talking about, Oh, why can't we do it? Syracuse and all that. Let me tell you something. A lot of intangibles had to go Syracuse's way. Uh, they, they knocked out two quarterbacks. It's in both those years. And ETN basically in the year that they did come back to win, put that team on his damn shoulders and they went all the way to the national title game. I mean, that they were like in a deer in a headlights. Brian had just transferred and, 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 and sunshine got knocked out in the first quarter and ETN put them on their back. You're going to have to beat both of those guys. The way Ohio state did to Miami in the Fiesta Bowl. You knock out Dorsey with a concussion and you snap Willis's leg pretty much. That's how you're going to have to get those intelligibles. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. That's that's, that's it. But here's the thing. I don't want to hurt anybody, but I'm just saying that things fell into place for those guys. Here's the other thing. North Carolina last year, they didn't take them seriously. They won because they had more horses in there, and, and it could have gone easily the other way. But the thing is, is, we have their attention. We're still Miami. Dabble's thrown up the U before, and, of course, everybody talks about that chain and so forth, and I haven't forgotten that from three years ago. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is they've got to go out there, and they've got to leave it all out there. You're not going to have a full crowd, even though it's prime time. They'll have 13,000 or whatever that little stadium of theirs can, can hold and the Howard Rock and so forth. But I just want a chance. I want a chance that this program gets that eye of the tiger back. They're clever Lang. They knocked us into tomorrow the last two times we faced them. Let's see if we've gotten better. Honestly. I'll All right, James, right. listen. Take take a deep breath. You're like the ever ready buddy, man. I don't know how you get all these words out without like a pause, but um, no, awesome call. Appreciate it. And uh, give us a call next week and we'll talk more Clemson. One more thing, Gary, before I leave. One more thing. Just one thing on recruiting. Um, can you touch very quickly, because I know it's only been a couple of days, do you think that there's anybody that's in the younger classes or even in this 2021 class that that really did turn their heads and anybody that maybe was even worth anything that's committed to Florida State that might be looking at us that could contribute? That's all I wanted to know, Gary. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, the, the class is almost full, but there's a couple kids. There's a, a defensive end. Uh, from Havana, Florida, of all places, believe it or not, Joshua Farmer, Farm, Farmer rather, who's, um, you know, he, he seems to be starting to get some real interest from Miami. Um, he's committed to Florida State. He's got a teammate, um, a kid by the name of Daryl Jackson, that Miami has also offered. And those two kids want to go to college together. So far, Florida State has not offered Jackson. If, if, if Florida State doesn't offer Jackson soon and lock up those two kids, I could potentially see them rounding out this class. You know, we'll see what happens. But the class is getting pretty close to full. And, um, you know, I think they're still holding out hope on like a Jason Marshall. We talked about Terrence Lewis possibly uh, wanting to get in and whether they'll find room for him. Um, and I personally think, like I said, that they should hold a couple spots for transfers because that's worked out really well for them. The best players on this team right now 
uh, certainly at least five of the top seven or so are, are guys that came from the transfer portal. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens from here, but that's uh, the best summation that I could give of it right now. Awesome. Thanks, Gary. Go Canes. All right, man. We'll t- give us a call next week. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Let's go to the 504 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 504, you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, next time. Let's go to the 973. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. What's up, my man, Ross? How you doing this week? What's going on, man? What's going on? Ah. Hey, man, the guy that was on, you should have kept him going, man. Had full of energy, talking man. a lot of good stuff. I, I don't know hey, how he man. gets so many words out, man. He doesn't, like, pause hey, for a I breath. Love it. I love it. He has, it's like, that's my alter ego, man. I, like, I love the fact that he was setting up some points, driving it home. And that's just usually I like to do it, but I don't go as fast, you know. I mean, you usually stop. Oh man, that that, that James it. man, he's got the gift of gab, man. That guy can talk hey, like James. there's. Hey James, wow. do your thing. Keep doing your thing. Hey, let me let me do a couple of shout outs, man. I gotta really say what's up, man. D Black was good. Glad to hear from you, D Black. You know, you, Gary, you already know we long time we're long time guys on this on, on your show. So to hear from D yep. Black. It's, it's a it's a beautiful thing, you know. It's a crazy world that we live in right now. Glad here everybody's doing well, man. But um, Gary, let's 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 get into it a little bit, man. A couple of salutes, a couple of salutes. I'm a little different than most, right? So you know, I'm gonna get some salutes. Salutes to um to Burns, backup running back. You know, he yeah, he didn't look too bad, did he? Hey, man, he could have came in at like soaker, right? No, he popped it up the middle. He did his thing, and what he's telling the coaches that. I'm going to stay ready. And also what he also could do also, it's like a showcase for him if he wants to go on and, and, and go play on another team. You understand what I'm saying? Like somewhere else, if he doesn't get the opportunity here. Um, it's one of them situations where, where I'm, I, I just love the fact that he was doing what he was doing. Um, sec- secondly, man, um, lastly, hey, man, he got to promise us that he's going to stick with us another year. Yeah. He's got to stick around another year, man, because – we got We got to get him to do it again next year. Even though it's not finished this year, but just if we if we're successful doing what we're doing, we get another recruiting class in, and then we're just grooming someone for the position, and then he can he can move on. At least we're having somebody in training, and then he can move on. I just don't think a year it will help our recruiting wise. It would just be like fly by night, and then I don't think it it, it just wouldn't work. So I would love for him to be hang around another year. Well, right now they don't have a quarterback. They don't. They don't have a quarterback for this class. Um, so, you know, the, we'll see what happens there. You know, they may have to go get that in the uh, in the portal. You know, um, okay. but but the guy that I think needs to be studying really really hard right now is Rob Likens. You know, he's the receivers coach, but he's 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 been a coordinator a few times in his career, and like that's the guy that might need to be ready to take over if, if if Lashley does leave. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, so I just don't um I just don't want him leaving. Not not 
Because here's the, here's what I'm getting at. If he leaves after this year, it's one of them situations like, okay, what can we have done next year? And and then we're we're starting all over again. I just want him to groom a guy and get him ready, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? That's, well, the that's, guy that's, that's there now that would be the most likely would be Likens. Yeah, that's because be, he's because he, he's done it before. Like you know, he, I wouldn't say that he's made his mark as an OC, but he's done it at a few different stops and. You know, at least he has experience calling a game. He would have to be on the list, having worked under, under Lashley. If 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 it gets to that, if if it gets to the point where he does where he does you know go on to a better opportunity, I, I think you'd have to put that that guy on the list if you're going to do something from within. And I think Manny would have to survey the landscape around the country and see who else might be available. Okay, Just but let's not kick. Let, let's not around. consider him gone yet. You know, I mean, listen, he, he obviously is gonna is getting an enormous amount of pub right now. He is on the map big time. People are taking notice of the impact that he's had on Miami already this year. Mm-hmm. And he's go, he's probably going to get some opportunities. So, you know, yeah, if know. they're not a head coaching opportunity, maybe he stays. That's scary. Hey, listen, Gary, can you, in, in, in all your years of doing this, can you remember any years that we had three opportunities to be on game day? No, they the haven't announced. Before. I don't think they've announced yet that game day is going to Clemson. Um, I don't know likely. whether it's what more I, than likely. I think it's more than likely since they're doing the the, the prime time game again, uh, and I'm not sure what other games are scheduled around the country. I'll have to take a look at that for that week. Where, um, where else would you go? Why, where else would you go? You have an excited Miami team that's going to try to show their hand. You have a, the Golden Boy himself. You know, prime time. Why not make that a, the um, the game? I mean, it, it, it just make all kind of sense. Let, let, I'm gonna. I'm looking really quick here down the list of games. Um, you got Oklahoma, Texas, but with Oklahoma losing, and you know Texas not looking so great. I don't see them maybe not picking that game. Um, I don't. Alabama yeah. goes to Ole Miss, so I don't think they'll pick Alabama. I don't see any other game they would pick. I, I think they got to go to Clemson. It's all about I really, you know, I'm looking games. at all the TV games for that week. I, I, you know, as of right now, I think they got to go to Clemson. So yeah, it would be three yeah. times game day. Hey, Amazing. I get, I know. Have you, have we ever, um, have we ever, that ever happened before? Even after the season is over? No, We're I never, don't know. It's never happened to us. First time. Yeah. And no. let me ask you, this. you, you picked, you, you surprised me. You picked tonight because what? The debate is tomorrow. We got Wednesday the debate tomorrow that everybody game. wants to watch, and then Wednesday night we've got the Miami Heat Lakers opening yeah. night NBA Finals. So it, it, I just know everybody wants to watch that too. So tonight, you know, it, they, Monday night football. Uh, we'll try, we'll try to end here before so people will want to watch the fourth quarter, Ken, and, and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it just made sense to, to do it tonight. Okay. Yeah, I know we're not in. The, I know we're not in the so-called what if game or what if world, but Gary. What if we get up on them fourteen nothing? Then what? In two weeks, we'll see, man. We'll see. Because listen, because here's the thing: we we get a chance to go watch them this weekend, right? Yeah. So let's think about it. They better hope they don't get anybody injured. You know, we we're sitting now, we're relaxing. So what if we go up there and get up fourteen nothing, and they have to come back with their running back and their running play? It's it just Come on, man. I don't, I'm, I'm not in the business, like I told you at the beginning of the season, I'm not in the business of talking about a team in, in, in like a whole world team. 
We'll see. Let, let, let's watch him play Virginia Saturday night. Let's talk about that next week. That's what I'm saying. That's what let's, the, team that, the team that I really want a piece of is Carolina, really. You know, that's, what I, that's well, the team I hate. One, that's the team one I, at a time, like man, right one at a time. What else you got, Ross? Anything you know else tonight? Yeah, yeah, recruits, recruits. Um, this, was a big, this was a big deal. This was a big deal. Everybody talking about this is a down Florida State team. Did, you, did they care about us when we was down and they was beating our behinds and they was beating nope. seven in a row? What, did they give a hell about it? They was just going here taking our recruits, right? So yeah, but, you know, this can, this can work both ways too, Ross. You know, I mean, listen, our recruiting class is pretty set. Uh, you know, maybe there'll be a change or two. You know, I'm not 100% convinced that, you know, Thaddeus Franklin keeps going back and forth. He's recently said he's solid. I don't, but I don't what, think he but what, here's what's going to happen, Ross. You're going to have mm. – Florida State is going to start going after kids, and they're going to be saying, look, we are down right now. We need players. You can come here, and you can start, and you can make an impact immediately. And, and that's going to so be Gary, their sales pitch. That's going to be their sales pitch. So, Gary, so I remember years ago when I tried to bring that to you, and you shoot it down. So let's not, let's, let's not hope that happens for them because I said it too. I said, listen, when all them guys, are, all them teams that was having all success, they could come, come, come to our team and make our team good. He was like, no, nah, they might not want to do that. No one wants to come to a down team. I, you didn't hear me say that. Hey, Our best recruiting on, classes have been when we were down. When Butch Davis was here, look at the recruiting classes he put together when we were down. I never would say that it's impossible to put a good recruiting class together when you're down. It's up to the coaching and if, staff. And if, I, if I'm Franklin or Daniels and he's saying, well, okay, I don't want to come. Not that they don't want to come and compete, but, hey, those like those two running backs is going to have a well, great career, and I, I don't well, think I want to do that. Well, guess what? You're not trying to join a big-time team. You're trying well, to build I mean, this to that l- Listen, these, these coaches are going to tell Amari Daniels and Thaddeus Franklin, look, the guys, you know, they got two studs that are sitting there that are going to be there for two more years. You know, you could go play behind them and get a couple carries, or you can come here and be the dude. So, like, you know, the, you know, it, it just depends what a kid wants, you know. Well, just, but just like the, just like the quarterback that looked at the wide receivers that you have, the running back better look at their offensive line, and they're in, a, and that's a mess. It's a total mess. So, you know, yeah, their 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 personnel situation is horrible. Man, I have no, I have no sympathy for them, Gary. Hey, Gary, look, um, keep me on hold. Let's all enjoy this. Um, are you having another show next week? Yeah, yeah, we'll have a show next week. I got to see what the, okay, what, the, what, the, what the NBA final schedule looks like. Uh, I have not taken a look at that yet, but, you know, it, it'll probably be Tuesday. Uh, if, if they're playing Tuesday night, we'll make it Monday or Wednesday. We'll figure that out. So just uh, stay tuned on that one. And King, uh, King, King is going to have a shot in the league. He's going to have a shot. He's going to do something in the league. Look, look at the kid that's with Phoenix right now, the, the quarterback. He's just as short. You never know. You never know. You never know what the package could be for him. He may have a package or two. He may be able to do something like New Orleans is doing with their quarterbacks and all different. T- you never know. He may have a, a shot on the league doing something because that he's just yeah. too talented. Just so Ross, uh, Lake, Lakers Heat is Tuesday night next week. So I'm gonna probably make Kane Sport Live uh, Wednesday night next week. We'll preview Miami Clemson on Wednesday night. Okay, sounds good. To all me, right, man. keep me on hold. Hey, D. All right, man. Th- 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 thanks as always for being guys. part of the show. All right, man. 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Let's uh, consider that an official program note for all you guys that are listening tonight. Uh, Kane Sport Live will be Wednesday next week uh, because of the NBA Finals on Tuesday, and we'll, uh, we'll preview that Miami-Clemson game then. Uh, right now, let's, let's go out to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. I didn't know you was putting the show on tonight. I actually – was looking forward to, to tomorrow. What, what what drove the change tonight? 
Well, we got the debates tomorrow night, and uh, yeah, I think pretty oh. much everybody wants to watch these debates. <laughs> so, so we didn't want to go up against the debate. You know, that wouldn't have been right. And then, um, you know, Wednesday night the NBA finals start. You know, we you know okay. we want to give the give the Heat their respect, and we'll do the same thing next week. We'll go Wednesday night next week. Um, okay. you know, so the pe- people can watch the NBA finals on Tuesday night. Okay. Hey, hey, good, good call. Good call. I just looked on my phone. And I was like, man, it shows on tonight instead of Tuesday night. Yeah. Sorry so about that. You know, it was kind of, kind of short notice, but we just had to make that call, you know, once we saw yeah. what was going on. So I'm kind of coming late to the show. Fill me in on what's going on with the linebacker, Terrence Lewis. I mean, well, what's his story? Is he, is he looking at being part of the class? Like, I don't know his background. He, he and... wants to be part of the class very badly. And if Miami decides to take him, he will commit on the spot. So it's a decision that the Miami staff's going to have to make. You know, do they want to gamble on Terrence Lewis? And, does he uh, have some like, character issues or something? He's had so yeah, he's had some issues. There's there's things that they, that I think a lot of people have been concerned about. Um, but you know, it, 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 think, you know, you, sometimes kids grow up. Sometimes kids grow up and change. Sometimes they don't. You know, we've had both examples at the University of Miami through the years. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember Randy taking a shot with Willie Williams, and it just didn't really work out. You know, Sam Bruce didn't really work out. Um, there have been others that just didn't work out. But yeah. you know, so they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll have a. They'll keep talking, and, and uh, you know, maybe when they can finally sit down face to face, you know, they'll have a little heart to heart. Maybe they'll try to do it over Zoom or whatever. But they'll 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 sit down and talk about it. I'm sure when the time comes. I think so too, and I think you know. I, I think a lot of that has to do with what kind of leadership do you have on the team as well, because you got to have you have to have a built-in culture of what people will put up with and what they won't. And we're kind of finding fighting our way back to respectability, so that makes real, really, that makes a big difference, you know. And talent can only take you so far, but character takes character takes you a lot further. So, so we'll see. Um, I guess the, the the second thing I wanted to uh, talk about is. As I look at Miami, what, what, what do you think about the offensive line? Like, are we getting better? I mean, we haven't allowed a sack, but are we are we getting better? Because we're going up against an NFL defensive line in Clemson. I think we all know that. And so I'm just wondering, can can they hold up? We're going to find out. Uh, they, they've been doing a great job on pass protection so far this year. Not so great a job, believe it or not. Um, on run blocking, although the, certainly the the running back stats would would t- would suggest that maybe that's not exactly the case. But you know you do keep seeing them shuffling, is particularly on the left side of the line. So yeah, I, I think the run blocking at times could be better. But um, we're going to find out. This is going to be a this is going to be a real team. And you know I'm not so sure that Louisville and uh, Louisville's defense was really good. And I thought Florida State's defensive line. While they're big and strong, they're not real athletic, and I think that worked against them big time in matching up with our offense. And you know they weren't very effective at all, and I think they got tired very quickly. Mm-hmm. Hey Gary, what could you give me the inside story on what actually happened with Christian Williams, the cornerback from Alabama, that uh, decided to enter the transfer portal? I, I, I mean, I did not see that coming. So maybe you have some insight. Uh, did, did the guys we recruit just that better than he was? Or yeah, I mean, really I, I think he wasn't, time? he wasn't getting the playing time that he thought he should be getting. And, you know, I talked a little bit about this 
uh, I guess a week ago, and 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 this is something that I think that the coaches moving forward have just got to you know be a little aware of and keep in mind. Like right now, Miami is all in on Dayton Broward County, and you know eighty. 80, 90% of the recruiting class is going to come from Dayton Broward for obvious reasons. Um, you know, this coronavirus thing has been crazy. Kids can't take visits. They can't really bond with coaches from other schools. Um, it's, it's been a huge advantage for the Hurricanes this year. Um, you know, the touchdown rings, or you have the crib. Um, everything's about the crib. Uh, you know, the, the turnover chain is all about the state of Miami with – you know, Dade and Broward and Palm Beach highlighted. Uh, you know, we've been losing a lot of players from South Florida, a lot of elite players, and obviously that needed to change. And yes, you know, the marketing for South Florida is is, is definitely um, a a good a good element. But I, there's a flip side to it, and you know, I think that. To be the big-time program that Miami wants to be, you have to be able to go outside of South Florida too, and you got to be able to to go even outside the state. You got to well, you got to be able to go upstate for starters and get a few kids every year, and then you got you know I think you got to be, be able to go outside the state uh, and get kids too. And I, I just think that they got to be careful about a making sure that they pick kids that are good enough that are out-of-state players. That if you're bringing a kid from out of state, and again they need to do that. Um, you got to make sure that they're potentially elite players, certainly starting players that are going to come in and be able to hang here and, and be able to be a significant part of the team and be able to be a starter for you. And if you're bringing a kid from out of state, and I've seen this so many times all through the years, um, you're bringing a kid from out of state and they're not they're not good enough to play and they start feeling that they're not getting a fair shake or whatever it might be. Um, those kids might be, you know, quick to pull the trigger on leaving and feel like, you know, I'm not getting a fair shake here. I'm out of here. So I, you know, I don't think it's a problem right now. Um, but I think as, as you know, I just think it's something that, you know, the coaches just need to just be a little aware of in the back of their minds and, and, and just make sure that the, the out-of-state kids that they're picking are good enough players to be starters. Because if they're not, they're, they're not going to be good, feel good about their position on the team and they might develop attitudes. And, and I think that that might have happened a little bit with Christian Williams. And, you know, he made the decision to leave. I just, I don't know. I kind of sometimes wonder, do the coaches do right by that kid because I think he could have played a little bit more. I mean, Ivy played better the last two weeks, but I mean, I still think he's suspect. I think well, Blades but but look who's playing. Ahead, look who's playing ahead of him: Ivy, Blades, and Couch. Right. Yeah, I, I just wish he could have just hung in there a little longer. I mean, he was going to lose nothing to play this year, and if he wanted to transfer out, but. I mean, but uh, but 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 my point is those are those are all South Florida kids, you know, yeah. and and you know a kid from Alabama who thinks he should be playing over those one at least one or two of those kids is going to think he's not getting a fair shake. You know, I'm not saying he's right. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's going to happen in those situations. So I just think that a you do have to pick kids from out of state 
But B, when you do pick them, you got to make sure you're picking kids that are good enough. Good enough to come in and be you. starters. You know, like Ed Reed came from Louisiana. He was good enough. He, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, Reggie Wayne came from Louisiana as a receiver. You know, we've had all kind. you know, you can go on and on. But, you know, the, the majority of the kids that came from out of state to the University of Miami uh, when we were good and recruiting was good were difference-making kind of players. Because if you're just taking a guy that's not a difference-making player, then you got to give the benefit of the doubt to a Dade County or you know, Dade or Broward or Palm Beach kid. And yeah. I think they're, I think they're doing that this year on on steroids because of the circumstances. Man, that's a very very good point, Gary, and I appreciate the insight. That's something I would not have thought about. I just was kind of disappointed that the guy decided to uh, leave so quick early in the season. Uh, this is the last comment I wanted to make, and I just want you to elaborate on it. Are we at the point we need to start playing the freshman wide receivers a little bit more? Because I don't know. I mean, our wide receivers, I know they're not elite, but they just have too many drops, too many drops. And King is is a pretty accurate passer. And, you know, some of the easy catches and the drops that I've been seeing is just, just to me unacceptable for where we want to go as a program. Well, um, let's take a look. Michael Redding got 23 plays last week. I mean, that's, it's not too bad. I mean, that's a good step forward for him. So obviously he's showing some things they like on the practice field. Um, you know, let me see. Um, Restrepo only got three. Uh, Worsham only got one. Keyshawn Smith got 13. So what that tells you is that Redding of the young receivers is, is the one that's impressing the coaches the most. And that Keyshawn Smith is probably next because those are the guys that got the most reps against Florida State. Now, you know, it's not the 72 that D. Wiggins got. <laughs> you know, it, it's not the, um, the 65 that Mark Pope got. You know, it's 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 not the um, what did Harley get? I'm trying to look 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 for him here. Harley got 58. So, you know, it's not obviously the total that those guys got as the starters, but you know, you are seeing Redding get a few more looks out there, and that tells you that you know they're they're happy with his progress. Okay. Hey, the last comment I made, Gary, and you could just put me on hold going forward. As you go into the Clemson game, where do you think our big concerns lie? And just line of on. scrimmage, line of scrimmage, both sides of the ball. Okay. And, and and you know, I mean, I think that they're going to exploit our linebackers and pass coverage. You know, I don't think we can hang. I don't think that. I think that's going to be a big issue. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is really good, man, and he's, he he sees the field very well. And I don't feel like our linebackers cover very well. And I think they're going to be able to get the ball to their backs and tight ends quite a bit um, and exploit things there. Uh, I'll be interested to see how our cornerbacks do against their wide receivers. And, you know, um, I, I think the line of scrimmage is, 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 is you know, a potential issue. So, uh, but I am dying to see this game. I really am. I am so glad they put this game on the schedule because I think it's very important that you, that you don't go through football seasons without true report cards of where you are as a program. And this will be the report card 
for the regular season of 2020. I'm looking for the W. I'm really excited about that. But just as important as we need to walk away from Death Valley knowing that we could be on the field with Clemson. And uh, this, this is a long season to go. A lot of things can happen. Uh, an upset in Death Valley would not surprise me. So, All right. Well, we'll talk more that. about it next week. Uh, you know, I'm sure you're looking forward to it even more than I am. And, uh, you know, and then we'll see what happens. All right, Gary. Appreciate it, man. Keep All right, man. Give us, give, us, give us a call next Wednesday night. All right. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you. Bye. All right, 563-999-3550, Let me um, attack a couple of these questions that were submitted by the posters, like canesport.com, because they were some really good ones and want to touch on, start touching on them. So do we think that Miami should already be making Rhett Lashley some kind of associate head coach and making him the highest paid offensive coordinator at minimum in the ACC and maybe the, one of the top three or four in the country, uh, try to keep him around two, three years in order to secure future recruiting classes. After three games, you know, that might be a little quick on the trigger, but I do think that it's something they should consider, uh, you know, because it, it, it may can happen, and I and, and however they whatever they need to do to make it happen. Because here's the thing: if you look at this program and where it was in December and where it is now, and you're honest about it, you you know that Rhett Lashley is the biggest reason why this program is has transformed into what it has at this point in the season. And it's not you know it's been proven that it's not easy to find that. And the 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 reason is most of these guys that are capable of coaching at this level, they're, they're number one in huge demand and can make a lot of money, particularly in the SEC. And, and, and Lashley is certainly well-known in the SEC. But, um, you know, they, 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 can, they can make money. And then the other thing that's a factor is they think they're better than most of the head coaches because they're having success and they're proving themselves. Now, Lashley was the perfect storm here. You know, he, he kind of had, he was at Auburn. Uh, he and Gus Malzahn parted ways for whatever their reasoning was. Um, you know, I think it's hard being Lashley working under Gus because Gus is an offensive guy, an offensive coordinator. Um, no different than Blake Baker working under Manny Diaz, in all honesty. It's not easy. I mean, Blake Baker you know, had a tough time last year in his first year under Manny. Um, you know, some might say Manny that he was disrespected or whatever it was, or, or Manny did what he had to do or whatever, but it was a little bit rocky at times last year. Um, and, and it's hard when the head coach is a, is a guru, so to speak on one side of the ball. And so Gus Melzahn and, and Rhett Lashley, they had their, they had their separation. Rhett Lashley had to go to UConn and regroup. Okay, which is you're invisible at UConn. Let's be honest. Okay, then he goes to SMU, which is a step up, and you know he's working under Sonny Dykes there, which clearly helped him. And now he puts up these huge numbers last year at SMU. But SMU is not the big stage in college football. Probably never will again be the big stage in college football. So he's sitting there at the end of last year, and he's he's realizing for his career. 
it's time. He's got to go back to the big stage. And he was exploring opportunities in, in, in several schools around the country, just from what I had heard about. And so he decides he, to take this opportunity with Manny at Miami. And it worked out. It's working out great for both of them. It's working out great for Manny because he's turning this thing around and helping him turn it around. And um, it's worked out great for Red Lashley because he's on national TV prime time three weeks in a row with his offense operating on all cylinders and functioning really well. And you know, you got Kirk Herbstreit sitting there talking about this guy's a future head coach. I mean, you couldn't pay for the marketing that Rhett Lashley is, is, is getting. So uh, this guy is clearly, you know, on the cusp of bigger and better things. And I think that if you're Miami, you have to recognize that and you have to recognize the impact he's had on your program. And if, you know, maybe if you can get him to go for it, Maybe you do give him that status as an assistant head coach, you know, kind of like what Clemson has done with Brett Venables and you pay him. It's going to cost you a million and a half, two million a year. And you pay him at that level to where a lower tier head coaching job is not appealing, um, you know, because he's in such a good situation. And, you know, if you go take a lower tier head coaching job where you can't win no matter what you do, you know, you're probably only going to last three, three years and, you know, they're going to be firing you and getting somebody else. Um, and that another coordinator job, even if it's in the SEC or something, is not necessary because you're being so well taken care of in Miami and you don't have to move your family and you can give, you know, you just have stability in all directions. And it doesn't mean you'll never leave. It doesn't mean you'll never explore head coaching opportunities. But if you look at Venables at Clemson, he doesn't have to take a bad head coaching job. Okay. So, you know, and it, it, you know, you put Lashley in that situation where he doesn't have to take a bad job. And I think it's something they have to look at. I'm sure they're not in the greatest financial situation right now because of the coronavirus and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And what it's you know done to the athletic program. But I think they got to look at it. And, you know, I, I think if push comes to shove, I think Manny's got to look at it too. You know, it, it's like, I'm a big believer, and I know coaches have done this and coaches that do do this, who reinvest in themselves by taking care of their key assistants, and it helps them get the next contract. You know, so if you're Manny and you're getting paid $4 million a year, and, you know, you got to eat – 500000 for a year or two to supplement what Miami can pay Rhett Lashley. And that's the difference between keeping him and losing him. And Rhett Lashley staying for another couple of years is going to get you another three-year contract extension where you're going to make $12 million. Would, would any of us invest $1.5 million or a million or, one point or whatever? A million, $1.5 million, if it was going to mean $12 million to us down the road? That's a pretty good investment. And I know coaches who have done that and um, have not regretted it. And so, you know, I'm throwing out this radical thing as a response to this question, but I think it's a very appropriate question. And I think it would be great foresight on Blake James's part, on Manny Diaz's part, to now that they're seeing what the results of this guy in this program are going to be, that they do whatever they can do to try to make sure that he's going to be part of it for more than just a year or even two years. So we'll see what happens there. And 
I know it's a little long-winded, but I thought it was a great question, and you know that's the the best I can answer it. All right, five six three nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. Hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Uh, let me see where we're at here. Um, let's go to the seven two seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, it's Jake from St. Pete. Hey, what's up, Jake? How you doing How's this week? Doing good. Doing great. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I drove down to that uh that game all the way from Mobile, Alabama. I drove overnight. And oh, cool. what a treat. That was uh worth every second of it. That was my first uh Miami FSU game and couldn't have gone any better. <laughs> that was awesome. Um so this week uh it off. I don't know if you guys had talked about this. I had to kick off the show for about 20 minutes or so to take a phone call. But, uh, you know, with this image and likeness deal, is there some way to pay King? Uh, You know, I I saw an article that said, like, Trevor Lawrence is, like, worth, like, $1.2 million uh, with the the rules and and the way this is going to be stated. Is there a way to get King, you know, a million bucks to stick around? I think there is, uh, you know, I mean, he's allowed to do endorsements, you know, or will be allowed. Um, I'm not really sure where they are with that in terms of executing it. Um, but I think that those they card dealerships, the lawyers. Yeah. Whoever, but, but honestly, I mean, I'm not, I don't think he came here for two years. I, I think he's here for one year and I think he's playing himself into getting drafted, which I think is the reason he came here and it's working for him just like it's working for Lashley. And, and I think that, 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 that he will go and get drafted and take a shot next year in the national well, football league. I could see that, but, but hear me out here. You've got uh, – so, I mean, you know, at the games, I, I was telling my buddy, I'm like, King is like five foot six on a good day. Uh, I mean, you look at he, – he is like half a head shorter than Cam Harris when they're, when they're actually in a huddle. You know, yeah, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, but those guys are 5'11", six feet tall, Lamar Jackson, same thing. He's, he's a shrimp. I mean, he, he he can't play quarterback in the NFL. He can't see over anyone. I mean, so so what, I, well, what I'm getting at is, I mean, yeah, don't, don't, yeah don't on, on face not, value, not you're right. Wait, on face value, you're right. But you know, Kyler, Kyler Murray's not not that significantly bigger, maybe an inch. Um, and no, you know, he's he's, he's, he's in the NFL ten. playing quarterback, huh? Yeah, he's five ten. He's having some marginal success. He caught marginal, yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, look, this is, is the guy going to be a 10 year starter in the NFL? No. Can he maybe be a change of pace quarterback? Yeah. Here's so here's what I'm saying though. He's, he's probably a sixth or seventh round pick. You're right. Somebody's going to, that's what I think. I mean, somebody told me maybe higher. Uh, yeah, I can't remember who said that earlier tonight, but it might've been Brent Rollins from PFF, but, but I, I don't see, I see it as a fifth, sixth, seventh round thing. Yeah, but so, but so as opposed to coming this, back you know, here for another year, it's not that he could come back here for another year. That's not going to change. He's going to be well, but, but he's yeah, going to be he's going to have a plenty. He's going to have his best resume after this season, right? Well, no, 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 no. So hear hear me out here. This, this is long term. We're, we're we're talking way ahead. 
So, A, number one, a, a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, you're expendable. So, if he shows up at camp and they're like, hey, man, you're way too short. You got no future here. They're going to clip him. In that case, he gets zero dollars. If he, if we could string together with this image and likeness deal a million bucks or something like that, even if he gets drafted in the fifth round, he's getting 500 k a year uh, if he makes a roster where we can tell him, hey, we got this car dealership lined up. We got this law office lined up. Go shoot a TV commercial for him. You get a million bucks. So here, listen to this, though. Next you know year, what? we open – I hadn't thought of it in that in that way that you're that you're you know eloquently stating it right now, and you know you're making an interesting point. You know it, so wait, it wait, might wait. be it, it, it you might you might be further. onto something. Maybe you're onto something. Let me take it a step further. Let me take it one step further. Check this out. So you've got uh, so this year let's let's say we go and we punch Clemson in the mouth a little bit. Maybe we don't even win, but let's say we just give them a nice solid shot. Now you got coaches thinking, okay, hey, maybe maybe this kid could do something, a little something in the NFL. Who do we start next season against? Bama. Bama. Now, if King's gone, our chances in that of winning are virtually zero. But if we make a huge run this year, like you said, maybe we win ten games, have a huge bowl showing, you know, win lose, but we just you know we go out there and, and put on a show. Okay, so now now coaches in the NFL are saying, all right, maybe this kid's a real deal. But you come out next year, you punch Bama in the mouth. Now, now I mean, you got a body of work, you know, because this year all you got is one season. And how many? I mean, yeah, okay, you throw out a garbage pick in the seventh round, taking the guy. But if you could say to him, man, come back, we're gonna get you paid, we're gonna put some money in your pocket, and next year you can show everybody that you're not some one trick pony. You came out you're going to go head-to-head with the best team in the last decade, and you can show him you can. And I think if he comes back, we got a good shot at that one. You know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out in two weeks what we're made of, no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, that that's a showcase for him. And, again, you know, like you said, he's not a 10-, 15-year starter in the NFL. But if you can show, hey, I'm worth taking a third-round pick, like a Jalen Hurts or something like that, and saying, hey, we'll keep you on the roster, you're a good backup option, then you're making some, some money. And uh, he's also, if, if you remember, I think you put this article out too, he said that he really wants to be a coach. Um, and, and that makes sense. He's a 5'8 quarterback. How much you know future does he have in the game? But as a coach, if you want to learn under the best, you know, Rash, uh, or Lashley's tearing it up right now, you maybe play that angle too, where it's hey, you know, come back. You're going to learn a lot from this guy. We can get you paid, and you can put on a show. Yeah, it, 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 you're making an interesting point on the on the. You can make more money staying than 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 being a late round draft pick, and 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 I think that that's something to keep thinking about. On face value, though, I think he's going to have maxed out his stock by the end of this year, and he's not going to have a lot of up. He's not going to have a lot of upside as a player. So we'll we'll just have to see see how it plays out. So um, next thing I wanted to ask you because uh, I was listening to that PFF uh, uh, session that you had. That was I, I, I like listening to that. That's uh, yeah, that guy's that guy's re- that guy's really like he's a great part of our team. You know, he does <laughs> they dive he does into the, it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, he does the PFF analysis for us every Sunday. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think his, his knowledge came out even more in his segment with us tonight than it does in his column. I mean, you know, the guy clearly oh, knows yeah, what he's yeah, talking about. Time. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yep. Um, do you think, because like pass blocking this year has been pretty fantastic. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's way on point this year. I mean, you know, think of last year, third game into the season, we were at 20 sacks, but you know, it's just craziness. Um, but the, um, do you think there has maybe been an overemphasis on the run blocking in the off season? And that's kind of what's leading to the lag on the uh, run blocking. And then to that end, do you think that's going to be a huge point of emphasis during this bye week? I don't understand. So you're saying you're asking whether they overemphasize run blocking and that's why the run blocking has been average. No, no pass blocking. I'm sorry. I might've missed. Oh yeah. I mean, maybe all in on the pass block. Didn't focus anything on the run block. Maybe. And remember they missed spring practice. So you lost a lot of practice field time. time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they got limited time to go at it. And I kind of think you may be seeing that. Um, at the same time, on, 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 any... on individual plays, the run blocking has been good. Maybe just not consistent. Yeah, it's just it's surprising because usually it's the inverse, and that's why I wonder if they just, you know, with the limited time they had in practice, they just focused everything in on the, the pass blocking. I mean, yeah. to, to that end, you'd probably say that's a good thing because if anything, run blocking can usually be corrected. You might You, you might know, be onto something easier. there, too. You might be onto something yeah. there too. You're having, you're having a good night tonight. You're doing really good here. <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you, I I was juiced up after that game. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be paying for it because uh, yeah, I had to drive all the way back up here to Alabama for uh, hurricane work. But oh my God, was that worth it? So I had a lot of a lot of time to think about show topics in the uh, <laughs> in the car ride back. In the car, ten hours. Yeah, twenty right, well, hours uh, driving thank, and forty uh, thanks. hours. That's, Thanks for the uh, big-time contribution tonight, and uh, give us a call next week. Good stuff. We'll talk to you I'm giving you, I'm giving you what? Nine, you got nine days now to work on your topics for next week. Uh, I'll work. Hey, hey, one, one, one quick thing. The walkout music. You got, you got to cut that shorter. It's a walkout song, not a, not a whole song. Yeah. <laughs> you like, talking about the, at the start the of the show? Deal. <laughs> I know. You, I talk, know. you talking about at the beginning of the show? Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be. Well, we just trying to go a couple like minutes a, to like give people. A, we we we're trying to give people a chance to get logged in and stuff. So yeah, I mean, we try yeah, to come no, up. No, with no, no, I get it. I'm I with you. <laughs> All right, man. That was such. That All was right, a good man, song, though, easy. man. You gotta admit that was a good song tonight. I gotta hey, give hey, our. It fit, it fit the bill. It fit the bill. Yep, yeah, I gotta give it. one of our guys. One of our guys <laughs> that sent that in to me definitely gets a shout out. Um, yep. Can Can Am. Yeah, he uh, he came up with that one. I thought it was a great great one for tonight. No, good All right, man. Stuff. Give good us a call stuff. next All week. Right, Gary. Good times as yep. always. Yep. Take, take care. Yep. Uh, let's go to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, Gary. What's up, man? Yes, sir. Who's this? Scooter DuPont. Hey, what's up, Scooter? What you got this week? Um, just had a couple comments. But, so, for Florida State, um, that, th- that team is horrible. And, uh, yeah, they were bad. You know, I don't know. I was looking on their message boards. I guess Willie Taggart, they paid him $30 million. To leave. Um, and there's, 
What's yeah, I'm that? not sure it was 30, but they paid him a lot of money to leave. Yeah. No, they paid him. I just looked it up. And they gave him 30. They're still paying uh, $3 million to Oregon and $1.3 million to uh, South Florida. And they, they have $18 million left on his – he's sitting – so he's making $750 million at FAU. And they're, they're still paying – they still owe him $18 million. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, they have some legitimate points. Like, that guy really didn't do much. Like, one of the things that their quarterback position is not – like, they have that guy Blackman, but he in his two years that he had to recruit somebody, he never assigned a quarterback. Yeah. Well, I think that was he, huge. That was Willie huge. Taggart's not a good coach, man. He's not. I don't know how all these how he got Oregon and Florida State to give him the head coaching job. I, I, I mean, it's not a good commentary on those athletic directors. Some athletic directors just do some crazy stuff, man. They cost these schools a lot of money. It's almost criminal. I mean, yeah. it's almost criminal what they did to that program. Now they can't even really hire anybody. I mean, like they destroyed their their budget just paying that guy, and they're still paying. It's just, it's like a tragedy of tragedies. The funniest thing yesterday was like the guy was going through their remaining schedule, Florida State's remaining schedule, and he's like he's trying to pick out wins, and he's like he came up with like three wins. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, <laughs> sounds pretty accurate. Yeah, they're gonna beat like Jackson State, and and the other thing is like they're not their recruiting is horrible. And they interviewed that guy Mark Norvell, and like, I mean, I don't want to. Mike Norvell's a good football guy. coach. I don't know if he's a good fit for Florida State, but he's a good football coach, and um, I feel for the guy because he's got a mess up there, and he's got to recruit himself out of it. And I don't know how he's going to do that. Like, where's well, the opening for Florida State? You know, you look at Miami controlling the southern part of the state. You look at what Florida's got going on with Dan Mullen. You got the SEC coming into Florida. All those teams in the SEC, where's the opening for Florida State? You know, I, I, I think the guy's got a big, 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 big struggle ahead of him. But we'll see. Well, I don't know. I think that that, that team has a very uh, – they do not have a very bright future. Um, no, it's not looking very good for them right now. And it's looking good for us because, you know, well, we hope our competitor – it, it, you know, yeah. it, it looks like we're turning it around a little bit. Um, but the thing we have to be careful about is this team is built around transfers who probably, you know, are all gone after this year. So, you know, the recruiting has to continue to get better. It's got to continue to, 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 to get better. Well, you know, now that you mentioned recruiting, um, I think you guys, like, you interview these kids, you know, you interview those two guys from my like, the middle of nowhere in Florida. And yeah. they're saying that they have the, the coaches want them so bad. And the Miami, co- you know, the Miami coaches can't confirm or deny these offers, but those kids don't have offers here, man. They don't have offers here. Neither one of them. I don't care what they said to you guys. I know that they, they did interviews with you and they're saying that Miami wants them. And those kids, I, I don't think that they have, I think what they were trying to do is they're trying to get, he's trying to get his friend an offer. Yeah, maybe. He might be. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's not even a picture of the other kid on Rivals. You guys kind of, like, found a picture of a guy, and he didn't look too athletic. So, I don't know. That That is my comment on that. And then the other thing was uh, you need to I, – I think you're misguided with uh, the Will, Will Mallory. Um, 
I don't know. He didn't really have any catches. He he's something like he just he's not doing. I mean, I'm down with Brevin Jordan, but I think you give Will Mallory way too. He doesn't. He hasn't done anything. He he had like one or two flashes, but. Uh, Will Mallory definitely. has been the most underutilized player on the roster so far this year. That kid can flat play. That kid is a, that kid's a, that kid is a really good player. But what did he do last game? It's no, I'm he just telling know. you that he's one of, he he's a really good player. He's just not really being used very much and not getting a lot of looks and you know then he got banged up the other night and um you know Will Mallory can play. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes moving forward. Mm. All right, man. Keep me on hold. All right, Scooter. Thanks, as always, for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let me uh, knock out a few more of these questions. With the offense performing the way it is, does Miami have a chance to flip Ja'Cory Brooks, the Booker T wide receiver who's now at IMG, um, now that he and his dad can see the potential in this offense? Uh, yeah, I do think they have a chance. Uh it's hard to steal kids from Alabama. Very hard. Not something you see very often, but I do think there's ongoing dialogue. And if, as long as there's dialogue, there's a chance. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, why not use Mike Harley on punt returns? He's a little small. Uh, small guys, you know, if they're not like really, really, really like a Roscoe Parrish kind of guy or something, not don't always necessarily work out great on punt returns, but you know, Pope's not really all that much bigger. You know, we'll see Pope, uh, you know, he's, he's struggling a little bit there and replacing him definitely has to be on the minds of the coaches. I'm just not sure they have a true kick returner on this team right now. Uh, you know, I don't know who that guy would be. I mean, it's easy to say, Hey, throw Harley out there, but I don't know that Harley's a true kick returner. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. The coaches are obviously trying guys out every week on the practice field and seeing, you know, the, how it goes. So, you know, I can't really comment too much on that right now. I mean, obviously Pope's struggling, and it's something that they, I'm sure, are thinking about very strongly. All right, let's go out to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? Cino 305. What's up, Cino? Man, you've been a maniac on the boards lately. What's up? What's gotten into you? Well, you know, I disagree about a few things. <laughs> you've been like, woo! What's up with Cino today? So what you got for us tonight? Okay, so uh, what do you think recruiting-wise after uh, that whooping we put on, a legendary whooping? I think the class is almost done. I mean, I, I think the way they're playing is going to help them keep the class. You know, I, 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 that combined with coronavirus and not being able to take visits, I think the class is going to pretty much stay intact. I mean, they may lose one or two guys who might you know, you find like a better opportunity somewhere, which, you know, but I like think the what they have is going to be is going to hold together. Do you like the class? I do. Uh, you know, I, 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 I think it's a quality class. I think, you know, you've got a few guys that have a chance to be really good players. You know, when you look at James Williams, you know, for sure. And I think Leonard Taylor has a chance to be a really, really good player. Uh, you know, I think you've got some other guys in there that can be, you know, decent role players and stuff. And, you know, and then a few that, will, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. Um, 
you know, I am a little concerned that they're going too deep into Dayton Broward, you know, too, too far down the list, but they don't really have a lot of choices either. So, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to really have too strong of an opinion in that direction. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it's a decent class. I mean, are we competing for the top players in the country? Not yet. You know, and, 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 you know, I think you, you got to hope that that'll change at some point down the road if you if this program's going to go to where we all want to see it go. Um, but that might be a process. You, you might have to take baby steps. All right. So Clemson game. We beat Clemson. What happens to our recruiting? What oh, uh, 2022 starts to, you know, take on a whole new life. You know, 2021's almost done. 2021's almost done. But but you go beat Clemson at Clemson in, in 11 days, 2022, you know, starts to take on a new life. And, you know, ki- you're going to get more kids answering your phone calls. Yeah, they're beating Clemson and being undefeated. But, you know, r- right now, you know, it, and, you know, star rankings and recruiting, you know, services or whatever you want to call it, you know, aren't the end all to be all, but obviously that there, you know, if you look, there's a lot of legitimacy to them too. I mean, you could see, you know, the kids that are high, highly rated kids, who's recruiting them and what kind of careers most of them go on to have. I mean, you know, you have your bus, like your Lorenzo Lingards of the world and stuff. And, you know, Mark Pope hasn't lived up to five-star billing and things like that. Um, but, you know, they're usually relatively good. And right now, you know, if you're taking, um, you know, Florida kids in the top 100 or, you know, whatever barometer you want to use, you know, kids in the Southeast or around the country, you know, right now Miami is not a major player for a lot of the better kids in the country. And it should be. And I think, you know, you got to put up, you got to put up big, big, a big season or two. And I think this year they got a chance to win, be a 10 win team. And, you know, I really do. I, you know, I, if they somehow can find a way to win at Clemson, which I'm not going to sit here and predict, I don't feel strongly about that. But if they were to somehow be able to pull that off, I mean, you know, there's no telling where this team could be going into December. So, um, you know, I think you got to put up seasons like that to get looks from some of the top kids, particularly linemen around the country. And it's going to take one or two of those, I think, to kind of, put Miami on the radar to, to be positioned to recruit like that. So until then, yeah, you got to, you got to own South Florida. And th- this year they are getting the majority of the kids from South Florida. There's a few still getting away that they would want, but it's not as bad as it's been in the past. Okay. My opinion, our linebackers on, uh, on game night against Clemson, that's the concern. Our linebackers and Huge. our receivers. Huge our receivers concern. are very small, and they already struggle. Imagine against Clemson. Yep. No, I mean, it's it's you know you're gonna have to get a million breaks in that game. They're gonna have to turn the ball over a few times. I mean, you know, you we're gonna need to get breaks to be in that game. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's a it's a personnel mismatch. I think the O line. D line, hold up. I do. I think we're we'll organized. See. We'll see. But but the the linebackers is is going to be key. Mm-hmm. If we can if we can hold them off a little bit on defense, 
it's going to be a competitive game because we'll score. Okay. All right. That's what else it. you got, Cena? All right, man. Not much else. Thank, thanks for oh, – uh, thanks for. Thing. Go ahead. One more thing. All right. Give me, give me your thought. Don't uh, – you know, you got to answer this. What do you think? How, how does that game go? A little bit. Just a little bit. The Clemson you think game? It's competitive? You think it's yeah. I mean, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, that we can be competitive and that this new offense will allow us to stay in the game and, and, and be competitive up there. But I recognize that this is a team that's been to the playoff every year for, I think, what, four years? And that is at a whole nother level like than, than Miami is right now. Uh, and, you know, might have the best roster in college football, certainly one of the top three. Uh, it, it doesn't mean they can't be beaten. You know, people who have called tonight have noted that they've been upset in the past when they didn't play their best or maybe overlooked an opponent and had a bad game and, and got caught. Like it happens. Um, but I think Miami's going to have their attention. I think they're going to, it's going to be a night game in their stadium. I know there's not going to be a lot of fans and that kind of thing, most likely, but you know, it's still going to be a night game in their stadium. Miami, the way Miami has played this year is going to have their attention and you know, they have a better roster. So, you know, I'm not going to predict the victory. I mean, I predicted a blowout of Florida state last week. I mean, I'm bought in to what I'm seeing from Miami so far this year. But I just know Clemson's a whole different animal. So, you know, we'll see. You think it's competitive, the game? I, I'm hoping it's competitive. I'm hoping that our offense is good enough to make it competitive. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, my man. All right. Uh, give us a call next week. We'll talk about it some more. All right, Cena. All right. All right, let me attack uh, one or two more of these questions. How much of this offense is King, and how much is the offensive coordinator? In other words, when King graduates, can this be replicated easily, or do we have to find another one in a thousand million quarterback to run this? You better get a, you better have a good quarterback. Now, maybe Tyler Van Dyke can be that guy. That remains to be seen. But look, Lashley is is awesome, and I love the the plays and all that. But De'Ara King is making this thing work to the level that it's working. I mean, when, it, when you have a guy that is as consistent as him and is making every play on third down, I mean, I think he, they hit their first eight third downs or something the other night. I forget what the exact number was, but I mean, this guy was making perfect plays on every third down. And, and we, we scored on our first five possessions. I mean, when you have a guy playing at that level, uh, you know, that's not, anything to take for granted. And, and this kid has really just been a godsend for this program. And I'm not going to call him one in a million or one in a thousand or, you know, whatever you want to say. But if you're talking about offense year after year being effective like this, I, I think, you, you know, you got to have a quarterback. So um, we'll see how Tyler Van Dyke develops. Maybe they go into the transfer portal again this year and get a guy. We'll see too soon to tell. Um, Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna save. There's a couple Clemson ones that I'm gonna save for next week because um, you know that that'll be that'll be more appropriate for next week. Um, hitting the transfer portal 
is usually a quick fix. With so much success, will Manny continue to rely on the portal? Perhaps it can just be used as a supplemental tool in case recruits don't pan out. All right, the transfer portal. It has worked brilliantly for this Miami program right now, considering where it is. And if you looked at our state, our State of the Youth Series this summer, and when we look back at the past five recruiting classes, they really didn't go so great. You know, Miami has essentially been on self-imposed probation for the last, you know, five, ten years because recruiting has not been good enough. A lot of wasted scholarships, a lot of guys leaving. Um, it, it's it, It's been pretty rough. Now, you don't want to rely on the transfer portal as a staple of your team every year. Like, you don't want to have to go get seven starters in the transfer portal the way we have this year. Um, that's not that's not the formula for long-term success. You want to develop your roster through good, through better recruiting. Um, so, but until they get to that point, I think that, that they've proven that as a kid gets older and, you know, gets to be like 21 years old, you know, you know he's, he's, he's going to a school for nine months, 10 months or whatever. Um, Miami starts to look attractive as a, as a, you know, a destination. And I think that that's why the transfer portal has been so effective. And I think it's something that they have to keep in the back of their mind until they get to the point where they can recruit top tier guys that are difference makers that will then become the nucleus of the roster. Right now, the nucleus is the transfers. If, you know, tomorrow morning on canesport.com, you'll see we rank the team. And I think it was five of the top seven players of the transfers. And, you know, I don't know that that's sustainable. So I, I, I think there's going to have to be better recruiting. But until there is, I think it's, it, 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 it's working well. And I think it's because Miami, when you look at the school, when you look at the city, to an older kid that's looking for a better opportunity after he's been somewhere else for two, three years, becomes an, an appealing destination. All right, last call of the night. Let's go out. To actually, I, I see. Yeah, no. This this is the this is the um, this will be the last one of the night. Let's let's go out to the nine five four. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hi Gary, how's it going? Doing great. Who's this? This is JJ thirteen. Hey, what's up, JJ? What you got for us? Oh, uh, I just caught the last hour of the show. So I missed the beginning, but. Um, made we'll have, the, po- we'll have the podcast up in a little bit. You'll be able to go back and listen to it. Oh, thanks. That'll be tomorrow. Good. You know, whenever yeah, you want. It'll, it'll be up. There. It'll be up there in a, in a little bit. Uh-huh. Well, a couple of things. Um, I was listening to what you were saying about Lashley and you know, like his stock going through the roof, and then also about De'Ara King and like his future plans. So, question I had, or you know, maybe your take on it. Let's say you know De'Ara does you know go pro after this year, like this you know, season continues to go well for him. With the roster we have now, you know, with quarterback, I know it's mostly looking like uh, Van Dyke, uh, Peyton Matocha, and I, I don't know where Perry is on in terms of his eligibility, but is anybody even close to being able to replicate the things that King does, or maybe even like as far as growth or being coached up that can maybe fit that mode because none of them look like that type of dual quarterback. Well, right now, uh, assuming King leaves at the end of the year, I think we're looking at a uh, a, 
a Perry Tyler Van Dyke competition. Now, I don't know that the coaches settle for that. You know, I mean, I'm not convinced that if that's the situation that they don't look in the transfer portal to bring another guy in um, that's either better, you know, and more ready to play. Um, you know, I don't know who's going to be available. You know, so there's a lot of things that need to be answered still. Um, and, you know, there's always the can, can you make a case for D.R. King to come back for one more year, which buys you more time to develop Van Dyke and recruit other guys. So I, I think it's too soon. I don't think we know where that's going. I really don't. Uh, I think it's open-ended right now. Okay. Gotcha. With the – when what you're mentioning about the top players, you know, like when you say Kane Sport is ranking right now the top ten or, you know, top seven players in five out of seven. I think we go 40. I think we go top 40 tomorrow. Okay, top 40. Um, with that being said, so – you know, like let's say that I, I think you said maybe like five out of top seven are uh, transfer players. Are any of the transfers that are right now playing well or getting playing time slated to return next year? Like I, I would assume like Bubba Bowden, one that I'm like, what year would he be in? Because when he transferred, I think he started like as a sophomore. Or I mean, his status is a sophomore or something like that. Yeah, I, I believe that if he wanted to come back, that he, he could. Um you know, obviously come back. I don't know that it's going to make sense for him to do so. I really don't. I mean, right. I think he's playing at such a high, uh, such a high level right now that, you know, he's a redshirt junior. So he technically could play one more year. I just don't see what he's going to have to gain. I mean, he's playing at a very high level. He's going to be on the, on the draft radar. And, and I just think, I, you know, I mean, I'd love to see him come back. I just, I don't see it happening. You know, I think, I think he'll go out. Um, the other one that I'm thinking about in that regard is Jalen Phillips, also a redshirt junior. I just, I don't see where it's going to make sense for him to come back. I, I think he's an older kid now, and he, I think he's going, you know, he's going to, he's, he's going to be draft eligible. Um, he's had concussions in the past and things like that. If he makes it through this season healthy, I, I, I think it's going to make sense for him to go to the draft. So no, I don't think I don't think any of them are coming back. Oh boy. So yeah, we would lose. I, I see what you're saying about you living not necessarily live and die by the transfer portal, but like you said, all of our top players are all on the cusp. You know, if everything stays the way. But it is, but it, it's like because that. of bad recruiting. I mean, the mm. recruiting hasn't been up to snuff. Um, you know, so that that has to change. I mean, they they seem to be recruiting a little bit better right now. You know, I think I think I think this class is 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 probably going better than than the other ones have gone. You, you at least you know you have a couple guys on there that you can look at and say that guy has a chance to be elite very early in his career. Okay. You know, I, you know, I just you know, so in that regard, I, I you know, I just I think it's I think it's it's a little bit different than what we've been seeing in the past. I mean, you know, James, James Williams, Leonard Taylor are two guys that have a chance to be elite football players, in my opinion. Um, they're different than the level that we've been recruiting here. Um, from there, uh, there's nobody I'm willing to go to that degree on at this point. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. As their careers develop, I I think the Thomas Davis kid from Georgia is is an underrated kid 
who can be a very good player. Um, you know, I like I like what I've seen there. Um, Brashard Smith, I think, can be a potentially decent, you know, all-purpose slot receiver. Uh, I like Cam Kinchins as a defensive back. Uh, can he be elite? I don't know. You know, I'm not ready to say that. I think Romello Brinson can be a very good receiver. I, I like his skills. Um, elite, like like an Amon Richards was. You know, I, I don't know if I'm ready to say that at this point. Got to see how he shows up here down the road. But, you know, it's a work in progress. And, and I think that if they put up a big-time season this year, that they will have the foundation to maybe do better in 2022. But this is not – an overnight rebuild, in my opinion, we could we could be a ten and one team this year, and I won't feel any differently. I I don't you know I think you know people might start yelling Miami's back and all that. To me, that's marketing. Um, you know, this roster still has a lot of development left to do. There's a lot of a lot of upside potential left to be tapped. I agree. That's just my opinion. That's where that's you know that's the way I feel about it. I think these transfers have been a godsend because they're saving this year. This could be a special year. You know, between the coronavirus screwing teams up and their development and their conditioning and everything, you know, Miami's got a big edge on conditioning. That's something that nobody's even thinking about. You know, just training in South Florida as opposed to training in in Pittsburgh or Virginia or you know even North you know some of these places. I mean, your kids are going to be in better shape having trained in South Florida. Um, you know, I think that – I think Miami had a huge even, – even Florida State, I didn't feel, was anywhere close to in the physical condition that Miami was in the other night. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of factors. Go, yeah, there's a lot of factors going into this season that are working in Miami's favor. Uh, obviously, having, you know, five, six big-time transfers is huge. So we'll see, you know, we'll see how it goes. I, you know, my feeling is enjoy it. You know, this is a big change from last year and one day at a time, man, we'll take it one day at a time. Okay. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, right, man, good, only good talk. Last question. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just, well, just going to say last thing I wanted to get your take on that. And I might've missed this part. So I apologize if I'm asking kind of a repeat about the PFF grades, the top rated cane on defense, my surprise was Gil Frierson, and then John Ford was somewhere up there, like in the top ten. Do you think it was just an aberration because it was Florida State, or do you feel like you really saw them come alive out there making some plays we, you know, anticipated they could make? I think Fryer, Frierson had one of his best games. John Ford was not up there. John Ford was had a, got a forty six point one grade, which was not very good. Um, Bradley Jennings, you know, had a forty two point five, which is not very good. Um, you know, Gervin Hall had a rough night, um, you know, but um, I thought Gilbert Frierson might have had his best game as a hurricane. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, right. player, he knocked the ball away from receivers. So. Yeah, he was making plays. He was he was around the ball making plays. I, I he, was, he, he looked the best he's ever looked to me. Wow. You know, and, and, his, and, his, wow. and his PFF grade backed that up. Okay. Well, Gary, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call next Wednesday night. We'll be back. We'll okay. be back next Wednesday. Thank you. All right, guys. That's going to be it for tonight. Um, again, that program note for next week, Kane Sport Live, will be on Wednesday night, and we will go hardcore into discussing the Miami Clemson game and what the prospects look for that. 
Um, I want to thank Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus for joining us tonight. And um, everybody have a great week. Enjoy the debate tomorrow. Enjoy the NBA Finals first few games. And um, we'll meet you back here next Thursday night. Good night, everybody.